Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again, Jude Seymour, Senior Editor and the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, we're almost to April. We are almost to April, and I have at least half of a vaccine in my body. It's supposed to snow nine inches where I live on Thursday. What the hell is going on? What, what The ultimate April Fool's joke. I, I don't even understand. It has snowed every April in Michigan since 2011. And, and every year the same articles pop up and they're like, can't believe it's snowing in April. April Fool's. And every year people just like memory hold the fact that it snows every April. I saw the fool next door planting his garden, and I was just looking at him, shaking my head like, you're an idiot. Yeah, that's why we, we're we're very into a false spring around here, the, those two or three days. And I think we might have talked about it on a previous podcast about how it gets to like 50, 60 degrees, and you're like, yes, I'm so, I'm so glad the snow's all gone, and we're finally getting out of winter. And it's like, nope, nope. Well, this March for us has been amazing. It's been like 60s the whole month. Yeah, all this is really, though, is like this is time to clean up the yard, like not planting, just get yeah. get the winter shit cleaned up, get your I mean, if you have a couple of nice, you know, make sure your garage or your barn is is cleaned up. Things are ready to go. It's not ready. It's not time to go. It's time to get ready to go. And uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't think I got any snow in the forecast in Hicksville, Ohio. Uh, we were going to go. Um, uh, there's a state park about three hours away because uh, this isn't Michigan where a state park is a, just a half hour away from any point you're standing in. Uh, but it's a, it's a nice one. It, not not Hocken Hills, but uh, Mohican. But we're going to go Friday and it's going to be like 42. And then Saturday is going to be damn near 70. And it's like, I think we really need to reconsider which day we're going here. <laughs> like, like let's, let's think about this. Just let's give it a little extra thought. Uh, I mean, I'm not one that really care about, I mean, 40, 40 degrees is nothing, but with three kids uh, and a sister-in-law and a dog, I don't want to hear any bitching. I don't want to hear any bitching. And the kids will all, will all try and, uh, convince you that they they want to wear t-shirts and shorts and then well, they wear dylan t-shirts will and shorts be without, and then they compl- i mean dylan will likely be without a shirt i mean that yeah, i, I haven't seen yeah. that boy wear a shirt in a week uh so <laughs> and it hasn't been all that warm <laughs> i mean you want to talk about a hillbilly kid my god like i i just bought the boys new shoes they just got and they just came in the mail today so hey man, get them on and normally kids are like excited about new shoes right like you get them on your feet, you're you're now you run even faster than you did. Dylan gets them on, they fit, and he just takes them and throws them, and then runs outside and just shorts and bare. I mean, that's it, just shorts on. Like you fucking hilljack, where are you going? Ugh. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many other people have mutants as children out there, but you you know what I'm saying. 
My wife took uh, my kids to the park today, and Sam stood at the top of the uh, big slide, the big covered slide, and he wouldn't let any other kids go down the slide. He was just making this. He was going, ha, 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 you're in hot lava now, and you can't come up here. And I'm like, oh, wow. what am I racing? That picture you sent of Christy, she looked rough today. Like she was, Oh, yeah. She, she got was, out. Uh, she's on the phone I'm with like, Japan. man, she looks like, like that 9 to 5, uh, working 9 to 5 uh, scene with Dolly Parton and them when they were all chained to their desk in the office, like that's like in the smoke filled office, like everyone's chained to their desk. I'm like, Oh man, this, that looks horrible. <laughs> Did she find, she finally broke away from the desk. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, she Did was you... sitting there and yeah. till about eight thirty, nine o'clock, about nine o'clock. She finally got out. Did you see who uh, was catching passes from Mac Jones today at Alabama's Pro Day? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the greatest wide receiver who's ever attended Notre Dame history, if you ask beat writers. <laughs> I, I mean, thought that was Kevin. I thought that was Kevin Austin. <laughs> oh, got wrong, Kevin. <laughs> wrong, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin Stefferson was. Uh, yeah, catching, KJ catching some. Now known as KJ, right? Good for him. Good. I mean, yeah, you, no I mean. Kidding. He's doing everything he can to get noticed by the NFL. I, I, I am. I'll back him 100. percent I I did enjoy some of the replies in in Tyler's tweet of like Notre Dame fans actually were saying something about him. What's on his shirt? Who gives a shit? We <laughs> Notre Dame sent him packing, and for I mean, and for good reason. I mean, this is what it is. But I mean, like he's supposed to have some kind of loyalty to the place that that booted him. Fuck that. <laughs> I mean, uh, those those would be the same people who complain if KJ was invited back to Notre Dame's pro day to participate. Yeah. What are you doing? Let him play. And we, we've had that. He's not one of us. Jude, didn't we have a couple of those in the past? Like, why is he back? Well, because well, he not, not guys, who, belt, not guys who've been separated from the university, but yeah, absolutely. We've had ever, I think Everett Golson's the one that stands out to me. Why are you inviting Everett Golson back? He went to Florida Golson. state. Like yeah, um, Golson well, was the big, was the, big uh, the big scandal. Yeah, that's right. We're him going back for uh, pro day. He earned a degree from Notre Dame, and so him and Malik Zaire are always welcome back. My God, what's wrong with you people? And that's why that's why Caroline's tweet today was was just like was is so on point. Like like it's not just Notre Dame. It's school. It's fans of schools everywhere. Like just all over these kids for the life, the life decisions they have to make for themselves. You know, it's just like fuck, fuck off. Let them make their decisions, man. Like make their choices and do it. And even more so, like with Notre Dame, so many of these guys that leave that, especially Facebook is so ridiculous about this with the comments. You know, traitor, leave. These guys are walking out with their degree. Like, yeah, there's nothing more to say. Like you did what you came to do and and you're, you're going to go do something else. Fantastic. Congratulations to Jameer you, sir. Jones, Jameer Jones is, uh, is working out at Notre Dame's pro day tomorrow. Right. Or I guess today. Yeah. I saw that. I, it came down the pipe. Well, they, I mean, they usually, I think it's been a thing and Notre Dame isn't the only school this happens with where some of the guys that didn't quite pan out, uh, or stuck on practice teams or whatever coming back and working out to, to catch those free agent deals, you know? Well, the, uh, do you remember the year that it was like, everybody was like, 
well, you know, why do they got to catch passes from so-and-so? It's like, um, why can't they put an e- like why can't Ian Book throw him? It's like, well, because it's a countable day for practice, so it seems like a waste to <laughs> throw Ian Book in there. You know, like we went through this whole thing where people people are either mad that that they have to catch passes from the old quarterback or they're mad that they can't catch passes from the current quarterback. You know what I mean? Like the remember the one year Tommy Reese was thrown to the to the wide receivers because they couldn't get a quarterback available? Jimmy Clausen like, came back and threw one one year. I think he, yeah. he threw for Floyd, didn't he? I, I don't remember, but I mean, that feels I, right. That's yeah, I can't remember right. exact gear, but I remember, but I remember Clawson coming back to throw like, fuck. Yeah. I mean, who, who better to throw like in a seven on seven situation kind of deal? Well, like a plus if you've, got, than if, you, if you've got timing with a guy, then why wouldn't you right. bring him back? You know, I mean, these, these, uh, listen, I've been on a couple of these NFL podcasts and these people are picky to a point where they're wrong. <laughs> and that's how I'm serious. They're picky to the point where they're absolutely wrong. And that's how these NFL personnel people are. They are picky to the point where they are fucking dead wrong about things. So it, if you're trying to make sure that you're being noticed by a certain, you got to like, it's their rule. You know what I mean? You got to get it. So get it just fucking right. And none of it. I mean, do the tape. I love William Eichberg to death. They talk about his athleticism. He's just like, man, go watch the tape. Like, go watch it. I mean, at what point did Liam Eichenberg not own the guy across from him? Maybe Alabama? And even then, I didn't feel like that was the issue. It was up the middle, one of their backup centers. I mean, ugh, the Liam Eichenberg thing is the one that's been the frustrating what one. Is your, what's your favorite sack Liam Eichenberg has allowed since the fifth game of 2018? <laughs> exactly. You have a favorite one that he allowed in – over two years of football. Uh, okay, we're we're gonna we're we're gonna put the pro day talk on pause. We're gonna get to that later in the podcast because I feel like we were just about ready to creep on in uh, to the full board, which maybe we, we can do. But but I want to get to uh, some other things first, and then we will uh, just like uh, old Jen is saying, we will circle back to uh, to pro day. It's a political joke for everybody. Just. Just circle back. Yeah, yeah. We'll I, I get it. We'll circle back. <laughs> no reviews this week, uh, unfortunately. But yet, at the same time, that does give us a little extra time to uh, to talk. You know, because we're always so time constricted on this uh, on this podcast. But just a reminder to everybody to get your butts over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. We are looking for those earned Julian Love five star reviews. Whatever you write down, I will read on the next OFT podcast. Uh, the the number of reviews given compared to the number of downloads each week, are it ain't adding up. The math ain't there. So I know there's plenty of you guys out there. Let us know what you like and what you don't like. Uh, share an opinion. Uh, share a hateful thought. I don't care. Whatever it is, just jump on over. Take a moment. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Uh, we really do appreciate that. All right, so it's it's dirty business time, fellows. We are two practices in on spring football. Six whole minutes of footage, not to mention the extra little tidbits of footage that that we get from the players that the that are thrown out. Uh, and, but there's a there's a lot of meat on these bones. Like this isn't the typical like music video style, uh, you know, kind of like 
real quick kind of presentation thing. They really put a lot of there's a, there's a lot of good a lot of plays inside these these minutes. So even though we're locked out of practice, you know, there's no practice uh, viewing for any of anybody in the media. At least this is a little something. We get us we get to see a little something. Um, <clears throat> so the first thing I want to talk about is the first thing that stood out to me and that no one's talking about, and I don't know why. I don't know why I'm the only one that I feel like is talking about this, and that's the second string center is <laughs> 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 Andrew Kristoffic, which is and look, maybe nobody cares, but to me that's a big deal. This is a guy that came in as a what we consider to be to be a left tackle of the future. Uh, they shift him over to center, which look I, that those two things don't have to equate. Like you're trying to get the best guys on the field, but it's just, it's not a name and a position tied together that we've ever heard. Uh, maybe they worked on this some in the fall, but we, how in the hell would we know about it? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. so and, and that's a big thing, like seeing some stuff uh, that's Can, there, like, is this, in, has this in the, been in the works, but it's an important thing because I mean, let's think about it. Jarrett Patterson, Move it over to left yep. tackle. And, and if left center. tackle is going to be a spot, you got to. If something happens to Zeke Carell, who's now the starting center, you do not want to have to move your left tackle no, over God, to no. center to get through a fucking game. So, I, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm the only one talking about this. I think Andrew Kostrovic at center, second string, that's a huge thing for me right now because that's a huge uh, issue that could come up this fall that we're starting to take care of now. Uh, and so my hat's off to, uh, uh, to Jeff Quinn, who, uh, who in some circles is, this is his first year coaching uh, for real at Notre Dame. Uh, so my hat's off to them for, for starting to get these situations planned out. And I like it. I mean, I mean, I, I like the, I like it. I like the fact that under Harry, he stand, the eventual left tackle, uh, we started it right, right, with uh, Ronnie and then um, uh, McGlinchey. McGlinchey. Both of them, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. And But now under Quinn, I guess the center <laughs> ends up uh, as, your, as your left tackle. <laughs> I mean, it's a theme, right? So, it, so – one of the things every year, and I, I think Douglas Farmer start, kept this tradition alive, was is, is asking the bloggers for the top 25 Notre Dame players. Um, and, and you can oh. interpret that any way you want to. And some people just go like based on production, you know, like the argument that we had when we were drafting our ultimate Notre Dame Brian Kelly team or whatever. Um, but I always, you know, the the year that I got to to do it for her loyal sons when I used to work for them was I picked like Justin Yoon. And of course, I got laughed at. But I was like, if Justin Yoon goes down, like who's kicking, you know, and it was like a, it was the year that I picked. It was like a real, real question. And, and I think that you're kind of broaching the same question, which is like, you know, all of a sudden um, Zeke Carell becomes a ton more important than maybe his who was injured last year. Who did yeah. Get- in, in, in terms of like whatever PFF grade he ever had or anything like that, he just becomes so much more important that bet because he goes down all of a sudden you've got some real continuity issues with uh, center quarterback exchange. You've got protecting the middle of the line, calling out the protections, whatever, you know, you've, ta- you've tasked right, the center not, to do. No so. There's no Ian right. book either. So it's this, this is all, this is all new. Right. So you can be more right Jude about all that. And by the way, I didn't laugh at you for your junior, 
There's no way I, I would never laugh at someone. You put your kicker in your top five. If you feel that kicker is going to win you a few games with his foot, did Justin Yoon win any games for Notre Dame with his foot? If you're Call winning it. games by doing your job, like if it comes down to you, you're a fuck. You're important. You're fucking important. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think that you know we we like to talk about the the sexy picks and quarterback and stuff like that. But you know, if you have one quarterback that has distinguished himself from all the others, and it's a real step down between one and two, like that adds value more so than just how many touchdown passes you think the guy's going to throw or, or, you know, his, how many runs he's going to get and how many yards and stuff like that. It just, I think you got to take into, it's a, it's almost like the baseball stat wins over replacement value. You know, it, it, you got to take into consideration who's behind this dude. And I think that that bumps up, boosts up his value. So I'm, I'm glad that you're talking about it because I, you're right. I don't think I've read anybody else kind of, fixating on this and i think it's important well the one thing on the line that they are fixated on and they should be because this one doesn't make sense on day one brian kelly talked about how josh lug was probably going to slide over to to guard you know probably going to slide over to guard in the fall so why is he playing right tackle now why is that why is that being i i don't understand that if he don't if you know you're going to move him to let to, to a guard spot, unless that's just, they're trying to figure out it, maybe in a, in a hole, like maybe they don't, maybe they won't move lug to guard and they're trying to find out their best guards now. And then they'll move it over to guard. You know what I'm saying? I, but it doesn't make a lot of sense if you're starting out that way, if you're saying that he's probably going to slide in, that's the one thing I don't get. Um, Cause I've been trying to piece this line together. Cause I'm telling you what, well, Josh, why don't, Notre you, just entire, why don't you just Notre Dame's entire questions. 2021 is going to hinge not on the quarterback position. It's going to hinge on what this offensive line can do. It's not going to be as good or as cohesive as last year, but I also don't have the fucking doomsday effect going on like Tim Priester does. I mean, those guys over at Irish Hills, they're just damn running scared about this. And they got their points are well made and I get it, but I think there is enough here with a good offensive line coach, which I believe Jeff Quinn is, and the talent they have there, I think they can get it to come together to do the things we need to do because of the skill players that we have that I think they can make it happen. But this it's going to all hinge on it actually happening. Josh, if you have questions about the composition of the line, you should just ask hmm. them in the press conference. I'm, I'm not, I'm yeah, not sure why you're just – Yeah, why don't why, you do that? Josh, what, why aren't you asking those questions? I mean, you're going to all this, this press conferences <laughs> to not to not ask questions. It just seems see. negligent. I, I had to count back. So that was three Brian Kelly press conferences in a row uh, that I was skipped over. So I did not write my Karen email to uh, to Notre Dame about what the fuck because uh, I got a couple of real things. So I don't know. So, I mean, it's it's lined up. I got I got a list of questions here. Just ready to go. Like, if Notre Dame wants to give me a half hour with, with just Jeff Quinn, I'd appreciate it. Um, In his first one year? thing too, yeah, is that has Jeff Quinn been recruiting effectively the position of offensive line? Yeah, absolutely. is that a thing that that he's been doing? Because I think he's been doing it at a higher level than Harry Heastand. Correct me if I'm wrong. There is um, there is talent. There are. The, it's the, not that, a 2007. I guess the point I'm trying to make is it's not a 2007 scenario where 
there were two years taken off of recruiting the offensive line position, and the chickens came home to roost in 2007. Maybe so, the teams that have recruited it, it, better than Notre Dame along the offensive line in the last five years. Alabama, and that's the list. That's the list. Right? That's the Most list. Li- I mean, probably. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and so if you got that talent there, I understand the turnover. I get it. I it's a that's a scary situation losing all those guys. But if you are confident in the development process that you have, and you should be because you've proven it, then I mean, you should be okay. It's not going to be all rainbows and sunshine the whole season. I think think it's going to be more than serviceable to make yourself another run this year, especially with the schedule that we have in front of us. And you have two running backs who I would say are fairly dynamic at the position in Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree. And I think that bringing in an experienced quarterback like Cone only helps to further that along because I I just, I guess, I guess I don't understand where if you have talented players and there's going to be some learning curves, well, who's the team on the 2021 roster that's going to abuse this Notre Dame offensive line in the early season? Is it Florida State? My answer will always be Florida State because that that game does worry me. But even if Notre Dame brought back uh, all the guys on their offensive line from last year, the same offensive line, I would still have the same type of worries going down to Tallahassee because first year first year head coaches at 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 kind of a blue blood type program. That's that that they could get a huge boost. You know, it's a feast or famine situation a lot of times. And with, with the talent Florida State has, because they still have recruited well, I think that could be – I could get us a little sticky. Now, it how could many, be – How many games under Clark Lee did Notre Dame allow more than 30 points? One, two. And Florida State averaged giving up 36 points last year. <laughs> Right. They gave up a 52 burger to Miami, 42 to Notre Dame. They gave up 48 to Louisville, 41 to Pitt, uh, 41 to Pitt, uh, 38 to North Carolina State and 35 to Duke. I, I I would be very surprised that this Florida State team, they have some serious questions, too. So I, I don't know. I just look at the schedule and they can ease into it leading into, you know, Wisconsin and Cincinnati. I agree with but, you most. It's just. Florida State still has talent. Is a what is it? Is a Labor Day Sunday night game, or is it the or is it the Monday night game? I, I don't even know. Yeah, I think it's the Sunday it's, nighter. I thought it was Maybe. Monday. Is it the Monday? Didn't they do this I with like Louisville a couple years ago? Yeah, they did this with Louisville. Yeah, yeah, they did the Monday. They did it with Texas too. They did the Sunday night with Texas. I guess we could just look it up, but <laughs> that would be difficult. Um, well, Either, I feel like the, the Labor Day game. There's enough play. there. It's, enough it's a Sunday. Make. It's the Sunday night game. Right. Which means the what was it? 2037 when they go back. I think that's the Monday night game, if I recall correctly. So yeah, it, it was supposed to. I, I think what it was, it was supposed to be a Monday and they moved it. Oh, was is that the deal? Because okay. the news that they moved it to Sunday for Monday. I was like, oh, sweet. I have I've written anything for the site today. <laughs> Here's a story. <laughs> <laughs> so. But anyways, I just I, there's enough there. First game of the season on the road against a team with a new coach uh, that has then they still have talent that 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 could be a little bothersome. I mean, Louisville was a little bothersome in the first half, right? Yeah. 
Duke yeah, was so. a little bothersome in the first half, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying, I mean, these things could be bothersome. So that does give me a little bit of pause, but I think mostly, you know, this, the rest of the schedule next year is just, should be just fine. Uh, and so, yeah, you get these guys ease through. I, and I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just overconfident in, in what this line can do because of past results. But why shouldn't we be? You know what I mean? You could do that with a whole lot of, a whole lot of players. Uh, you know, if, if Phil, so if Phil Dracovic was still at Notre Dame and he was going to be the starting quarterback this year and he still played as much for Notre Dame last year as he did last year, you know what I'm saying? You'd still be like, oh, we got, we got this stud. People would still be pretty confident because you got a stud quarterback. I'm just, so I could be that way with an actual position group that has been dominant for Notre Dame for, for years. So I'm going to, I'm going to be confident and remain confident because I think that they can get the job done. Yeah, I think that's fair. So some other things that we've seen in these clips. First of all, I think my Joe Wilkins prediction about being like, well, I think that's coming true because there's a lot of, a lot of Joe Wilkins action going on. Uh, Joe Wilkins. And look, <laughs> Kevin Austin is not practicing this spring. So that remains an even the biggest mystery. It will remain the biggest mystery about Kevin Austin until Tallahassee, most likely um, until we see some results in the field. Uh, but saw in today's video, saw a lot of uh, old Larry keys uh, and Larry keys yeah. running the ball. Like they're, they're not giving up on that, uh, on that slot end around. Did you notice he was running with drew pine though? In the twos, I did notice that is that he was no, catching that was, a lot of was, passes from number two. I thought, no, I think pines the one running the ones right now. It's not what? Wait, what what did you just say, Josh? Because Jack Cohn is a transfer. I thought he should just, I thought he should just throw in the towel and immediately transfer. Yeah. I thought that, I thought thought that it was Tyler Buckner's job to uh, back up uh, Drew Pina or not not Drew Pina. If he wants to get a head start on what it's actually going to happen. Sure. But I mean, right now it is what it is. Anyways, So you're not going to admit you're wrong until you're wrong, huh? That's fine. Uh, am I going to admit that I'm wrong when there's not even a remotely close to being wrong? pretty good. The I mean, clips now, they're putting out there. Both now, now's your time. Oh, Just he, say, look, okay. I saw a couple of clips. I, I'm impressed with what I see. I, I saw a couple of like that I one where he threw, off his, uh, threw on the run, and he did right. that like iconic like throw off the run like pirouette as he threw so, it into the fight. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was a thing of beauty. He was throwing bombs. It's uh, it's good times. I wouldn't exactly call those bombs. So, no, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm not backing down, back down from my position at all. Jack Cohn is going to be the fucking starter when it's all said and done. Drew Pine wants to be is going to want to be a starter, but that's I don't think that's going to happen. I think eventually Buckner will end up passing him. If it's not in the fall, it'll be in the spring. It's going to happen, and then you're not he's not going to want to ride the bench. I'm not trying to diss Drew Pine. I'm just saying this is what's probably going to eventually happen. And then he goes and plays for Holy Cross. It's fine. Right. But you're moving the goalposts here because you said Tyler Buckner would goalposts. be the you said Tyler Buckner would be number two in twenty twenty one. Now you're not, now it sounds like you're not back no, no, you're no. back away from that. I said I I said pass him a fall camp. Oh, this fall camp. Okay. Fall camp. Just, We're still on schedule. Uh, uh, hitching his wagon to the uh, DPFC, the Drew, the Drew Pine fan club. And, I just, uh, I'm okay with 
Yeah, I, I just don't see. think it's. I mean, I I think to think otherwise. So I mean, Jack Cohn's gonna be your starter. And yeah. honestly, if 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 Brendan Clark comes if Brendan Clark comes back healthy and can and can go, I mean that. Brendan, who did I have my wagon hitched to? All fall before we learned about this uh, knee that uh, this cranky knee that needed cleaned up. I was well, baking on Brendan Clark. You were baking on not even in the fall. You were baking on him in the spring. Because I remember we were having similar conversations. Last, maybe even in February. Month. It was around the time I was making outlandish uh, hat eating statements. You were hitching your wagon to, and it was before we even know knew that Clark had the most magnificent hair on the whole roster, uh, which so. he subsequently cut, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like fucking Samson, man. But yeah, so, unlike I mean, I, Bo Bauer, who's maybe just took the like locks of love to that hair and just pasted it onto his face because that beard. I just never, I never, I never fell under the impression that Drew Pine would be a starting quarterback in Notre Dame. And I don't, I still believe that, that that's not going to happen. And I'm not, and I, I hate knocking guys and I'm not, I, so I refuse to like knock him, but that's just, I just, that's the few, there's only one quarterback spot. And so, but I believe that, you know, in the end it's the quarterback spot, right? So these guys hop around to go get a starting job and that's fine. Um, but just there's unfortunate for quarterback spots in 2016 to start the year. Uh, what was our record that year? Um, uh, I'll have to one second. There's a couple quarters. There's a couple quarters. I think SB Nation might have written some articles about. There's a couple quarters. SB Nation four and a. Oh, I guess it was us. Uh, former boss Matt Brown. <laughs> this son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know. I, six minutes of uh, of footage. I'm not. Only thing I'm really looking for is who's lining up where, uh, for the most part, and how do they look when they're doing it. And I even said in the articles, I mean, Drew Pine, like today's ball, threw a really nice ball over the top. I have concerns with how short he is, uh, and I'm that's because he's not a runner like Ian Book. And do you have concerns? Up, do you have concerns with Tyler? Ian Book was short. Well, Ian Book's legs uh, are a lot were a lot more viable than than Pine's, so I don't, that concern gets a little negated. But it was a nice you know, two of the I'm last. With, I'm actually more concerned with DJ Brown, uh, who seemed to get. Uh, I think that was the second one he got toasted on by my count. I've been mean, keeping track of these DBs getting torched. Uh, <laughs> Clarence Stop. Lewis. Clarence Lewis. I would like. Oh, right. Go ahead. I would like to point out that three of the last five color commentators for Notre Dame, uh, including the one leading into this season. Uh, were quarterbacks who were sub six foot in Pat Hayden, Drew Brees, and um, <laughs> Doug Douglas, uh, Doug Flutie. Well, two of those so, era. Two of them are from an era that I <laughs> don't remember because I was a small child. And the other one's Drew Brees. It doesn't count. You we don't get to make. <laughs> it's like making Tom. No, like, every oh, short quarterback gets oh, Drew Brees compared to the seventh round. You'll be just. You'll end up just like Tom Brady. Yeah. So, that's how it works. Oh, you were a two star. You'll be just like JJ or JJ Watt. Yep. Just like him. Yep. Just like him. Stars don't matter. Height doesn't matter. So anyways, I've been keeping track of these. I've been watching these DBs a little bit, but the one I was going to talk about was, Oh my God, the Braden Lindsay torching of Clarence Lewis. 
Uh, and I think that, he that was quick. A, that was a Jack Cone and you ball. You didn't see his route, but you saw you saw Lindsey out of the bottom of the corner screen, and it looks like he was like a full three yards in front of Clarence. And then the next time you saw him on the screen, he was very much so behind him. That was torched. That was absolutely torched. Um, that was like a Dory and Will Fuller level torch. I don't know what was going on in practice that day, uh, but <laughs> Braden Lindsay, but Braden Lindsay's reaction to that uh, has me. I mean, he looked fired the fuck up. Yeah. Like he looked like, like motherfuckers. So that has me excited. That, <clears throat> that did have me excited. Cone does have a bigger arm than book. I, I don't think there's any questions about it. He can throw it deeper. The, the, I mean, even book wasn't, he just, he never made the decision, right? Not never. But yeah. He never like, pulled the trigger or did he, he pull didn't the, pull he, the trigger enough or something. Enough. Like. Enough. Yeah. He didn't take the risk enough, which you can appreciate in a sense because we're not turning the fucking ball over. I mean, Ian books, uh, and they went 30 you know, and five. Yeah. But you know, you kind of, you know, you got these speedsters, these go make them go get it, man. And I liked, I liked that part of it. Like, all right, that, that, that seemed like typical Wisconsin quarterback. You're like, yep, I'm going to go out here and uh, take the snap from this gigantic motherfuckers in front of me. And uh, I'm just going to wing this some bitch down the field and let that guy go. And get it. <laughs> that is Wisconsin. That's how they coach Wisconsin quarterbacks. What's the, what's his name? Uh, recording. Aberditis did it for uh, Russell Wilson. And who was the guy for Jack Cohn? Cephas something. Uh, he was actually a horrible oh, human yeah. being, but yeah. Yeah, but so, yeah, it just I can appreciate strategy. That. Just, go, there go was a lot of those get. passes in those clips, right? There was a lot of those passes in the clips, and I don't know if that's smoke and mirrors from the media team, because um, I can't really remember uh, if they gave us the same sort of. It's it is hard to say, but I don't know how many plays you're getting in those three minutes. So you're getting quite a bit. Like I said, they they put a lot of meat on those bones for the three minutes that they're giving you, but. It, how much that equates to everything else that went on in practice that day, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, just remember, go back to fall camp when Jordan Johnson was lighting Jordan up the fucking Johnson world. Was the- he, it was Jordan Johnson for Belitnikov, uh, but <laughs> by the time Duke came around, and then, you know, so yes, we're we're seeing a bunch of a bunch of plays, and that's great. How much that falls in with the rest of the scope of practice, we don't know, um, but. You know, the, again, there are things that we can like. Like I liked seeing freshman Justin Walters. Uh, I liked that he was in, getting in the mix. I mean, that that was some Kyle Hamilton esque kind of action going on there. You know, pass breakup, get an interception. I mean, and, and Justin Walters is just a three star kid, right? We, I mean, Notre Dame fans it's, should be up in arms that we took this kid. It's it's bold that you would compare him to the second best defender on Notre Dame's 2021 roster behind <laughs> Drew White. <laughs> According to wow. uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, uh, Drew White is the best the, defender. Kyle. All all I can say is I hope Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa's house insurance is paid up. <laughs> well, he's gonna get a new house when he gets that NFL contract. But Greg Greg so, released a statement saying that it was that it was okay. Like that Wu could say that. Wu is allowed to say. But I'll tell you what, uh the biggest crime here so is how the do fact I, that how do I get a Wu pass? We didn't get we didn't get uh we didn't get a Wusu Koromoa like interview in like all the time. Like who's a you watch those pro day, and that's a long day. A lot of, yeah. you know, a lot of time. I mean, Aaron Banks, no energy, none, not, not any bit of energy. 
Uh, and look, he's a big guy. He's, he's used a lot of energy getting around. Woo, man. That guy was like, where's the Brazilians at? Give me more questions he, from the Brazilians. He should have had an RIP Lunix, but he should have had a Lunix-esque uh, chocolate news style segment. I would have, I would have, I would have loved that. He, he should have. I don't know. And hopefully, if if you've noticed that Notre Dame's doing a bigger push this year, and I think they're emphasizing giving players more of a platform to let their personalities out, and I'm welcoming it. Yes. Um, but. I, I can't wait that's, to see. That's one thing that I'm excited for in 2021 is to let the, their personalities start to like shine. I would like to have heard more from Nelson when he was there. Yeah. Like, tell Nelson he's allowed to like say some things. I mean, they they locked up Eichenberg just for saying they're going to go to Blacksburg and beat the shit. They, they, they blackballed Eichenberg for just speaking the truth for just, <laughs> you know, for predicting the fucking future. Uh, and, you know, um, we didn't that's, see that's one of the, that's one of the things I talked to when I talked to Fred uh, for the article about fighting Irish TV that I did. That's up on one foot down. Um, that's one of the things that he talked about was part of the their mission statement was how do we get the student athletes front and center? You know, he the Notre Dame prides itself on being on the the forefront of the name image likeness debate, and it wants to have a more of a platform for st- uh, student athletes to use their voice. And and obviously, we've seen a lot of examples of that within the last year. So I don't know if it was a, you know, it was a newfound emphasis or it was, um, it was something that they just, uh, you know, kind of created or, or whatever, but it, it's, I feel like it's been a a lot more. We're, we're feeling, I feel like we're getting a lot more of, of the players and, um, getting, giving them opportunities to, to get themselves in front. And, And again, we've talked about this for years, they should be. They should be welcoming this. This is part oh, yeah. of the the NFL experience is being able to conduct yourself in an interview and also be able to, you know, say something that sounds eloquent or insightful. And there's, you know, there's plenty of guys. There's plenty of guys in the NFL that are boring. Um, Aaron Banks will fit in just fine. But uh, you know, I think that that the you know, you guys are absolutely right. I wish when you see things like that, you just say, oh, I wish there were more opportunities for Jeremiah Wusu Koromoro to to have done things outside of, you know, kind of your your standard, um, you know, post game interview or whatever. And you know, again, Fred and I didn't really get into this because I don't think Fred really knows the details on this. But like, you know, you get into this whole like countable hours debate and you know, what, what can the student athletes do and what can you, what can you make them do in terms of promotions and stuff like that? So it gets a little tricky, but at the same time, I think there's, a, there is an avenue, um, for Notre, for Notre Dame players to express themselves. So I'm glad to see it. I'm glad when we get opportunities like that and I want more. Yeah, we need more. I, and I, I mean, we literally need, it, it helps them grow their brand, <laughs> which is, I think what the university can, can fall back on is that a lot of these guys, they, if you and it, it's going to help them too in the university. Right, I was to say it also helps there. Notre. It also helps Notre Dame's brand. Like yeah. Get, like like this. That, that, that's some of the ultimate like recruiting material you can use. Because maybe there's a guy out there who just doesn't think that Notre Dame's a fit for him. You know, and maybe he thinks it's a you know a hoity-toity. You know, just this. Hey, man, this is the, that Catholic place. School hey, in the Midwest. A yeah. Cold Catholic. And, and, but Midwest. but you start seeing you start seeing different guys you know, in interviews and all, and you maybe doing their own little videos, all that, you start seeing some of this. It's just, it's, it's there for you to see, you know, maybe it, it turns you around a little bit like, Oh, 
Okay. Well, all right. Well, this isn't what I thought it might be. Maybe I should go check that. Maybe I should take that phone call. Uh, maybe I should go check this place out. Uh, give it a second thought. I mean, it doesn't hurt. It does not hurt no. uh, in that aspect of recruiting. And when you all when you boil it down to everything, recruiting's where it's all at. It doesn't it doesn't hurt the players either because they get their name out there and that helps with things like end of year awards because a lot of the people just end up voting on the names that they hear here in the schools that they know of and potential Heisman runs for guys that want to make, you know, if if Kyron puts together or Jack Combe puts together a fantastic season this year, if they have a platform where they can get out there and, and make them so, and help market themselves, that only helps them in that aspect as well. Um, and like you said, the big thing is for when they transition to the NFL, you see some guys who just don't know how to handle themselves when they get to the next level. Um, and then there's other guys, uh, that like Juju Smith-Schuster, I think he's a, you know, I've watched every Steelers game in the last, I don't know, decade and a half. And he's a wide receiver too, but he's marketing himself as a wide receiver one. And a lot of people know about him. He's got Pizza Hut money. He's got Fortnite money. He's, he's making a lot of money because he knows how to market himself. And I think that that's a very a wide, valuable he's, skill he's when a, you get to the, yeah, he's, he's a, a wide receiver too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a wide receiver too. That marks but himself like a but wide he's living one. that wide receiver one life. I mean, come on, he sure that's is. A, yeah, the smart way. So speaking of a two or a two zero, uh, did you have Brendan? This is uh, directly pointed to you. Did you happen to see Sebo Flemister stomping down the field today on a, on a long run? I I long saw him stomping down a run. I saw they also decided to put him on the uh, the old. Uh, uh, ladder. Um, they they decided to make him the one that would stomp on the ladder too. A lot of Sebo stomping. Uh, <laughs> it's a, there was it's a, a lot of style. <laughs> uh, very distinct. I saw Chris Tyree, and he just looked like he was uh, uh, made of pure lightning uh, catching a pass. So the one thing I thought of when I saw the that little clip of Tyree catching that pass on the sideline and running was: Do you think he's thinking about? Slip it against Alabama. Because <laughs> I think about that like at least once a week is the Chris Tyree, you know, him just slipping and fall. I don't know why, but it keeps popping up. Like that would not have changed really anything. And yet I just keep thinking like, damn. Damn. It's like, how do you just, it's like the Eifert catch around? against Alabama in 2012, where there was, there were months that I would go just thinking about that Eifert catch against like, Alabama. What would be different if that first series had been different? Yeah. Here. Right. And it just, yeah, there's certain things or, um, there's the play, the, the, the punt goof against Michigan in 2019. Cause they've made the playoffs if they didn't, uh, Oh, Hey, yeah, speaking of, uh, three years straight. Oh. Speaking of coulda, woulda, and even a 2012. So uh, this is a little, little off topic, but but uh, I was running through Wes's uh, YouTube channel, just rolling through all of his old videos, and he has up there, and I, I've been meaning to put it on the site, and I'm, I probably will this week. Uh, he has the the college football game day final uh, from the night Notre Dame became number one. Like the first, like How twenty. Ecstatic was Lou. He, I, it was a shit grin because it, it was Lou and it was still Lou and Mark May. Lou and Mark, yeah. It's a, and the, a funny it, wasn't that with um, 
the courtroom that was that's when they were doing the court segment right i think so but the thank god the court segment wasn't in this uh part but it, it just it showed the first like 20 minutes which is you know Bay, oh, which was uh, Baylor beating Kansas State. That was the first. And then it went to the Oregon-Stanford game. But I just thought I, I hadn't – I don't know if that's on the internet anywhere else. And so I watched that, and it just was like all sorts of shit just flying back in the in the brain. And then, like, how mad I was at Kansas State, like, watching those clips. Like, you sons of – you fucking sons of bitches. How do you just get trounced like this? Like, Lace Seastrunk was just – smoking dudes and i'm like this is the team we should have been for the national championship this would have this would have changed it god i mean which would have been a it cry was, alabama you know who fucked us over that day alabama. it was it sea strunk fucked us twice over because oregon wins that game if he stays at oregon yeah and <laughs> kids estate <laughs> we do villains part three. <laughs> that is he definitely a number one. <laughs> oh man, what a bastard! I saw, I saw Mike Golick Jr. get into it on Twitter, like maybe a week, a week and a half ago. But he's like, he's like, okay. hey, we, who could predict? You know what would have happened in the future? But no, low key, we would have beaten Kansas City or Kansas City, Kansas State. Yeah, like yeah. He's, we're still litigating this. <laughs> 10 years later. It's just oh, so I, funny. I, I retweeted that shit as quick as, quick as I saw it. Cause he's damn yeah. right. And I'm glad, I'm glad he said it. Yeah, of course. This is the God's honest truth. They would have beat, they would have beat that Oregon team too. They would have beat any team in America, except for the team they had to play. I, I feel like you got, you guys seen the, the, uh, the Oliver Stone hit piece, JFK. Of course. All of us hit all of his movies hit pieces. Yes, I have. Yes. By the way, JFK, JFK is a is a great film if you just discount the fact that you should not trust anything that you heard or saw. In no, JFK. no, it's a, yeah. it's like it's like ninety eight percent wrong. Like Kennedy yeah. died. That was the one part that got right. <laughs> they did get that right. <laughs> but did so he? Th- that was good. Or was he in a nursing home with Elvis Stanley Presley. Kubrick and the NASA team? Look, the biggest crime of all is that the Secret Service is just getting away for accidentally shooting Kennedy in the head. Oh my God, that's, that's the crazy. biggest crime of all. This is the uh, this is the Clint Hill thing, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the only theory that continues to make sense, and the evidence for it supports it as time goes on. And they just covered it up. There's more evidence for a cover up than anything else. And so they covered it up because they didn't want to look like the dumbasses that shot their own president. It makes sense. None of all of it. It all makes sense. It's perfect sense. That's why Sean Connery was put in prison in the hit movie The Rock because he had the microfilm that who really shot Kennedy. The thought was that was that uh, you know Oswald wasn't even trying to kill Kennedy; just trying to kill the governor. Dumbass. But (laughs) anyways, there is a. There's a scene in there where they're uh, they're at Angola State Prison and they're talking to uh, to Kevin Bacon. I can't remember the the guy's name. Uh, and <laughs> at the end, there's like, people got to know. They got to know the truth. That's what I feel about like Alabama 2012. Like Notre Dame catches a lot of shit for the beatdown that they got from Alabama, but you got to know. You got to know the truth about Alabama. That fucking team was incredible was absolutely fucking incredible. And you had the goat on the sidelines with 
damn near two months to get ready for that game. Are you kidding me? You, you, yes, Notre Dame got their ass handed to them that night. Any other team in the country would have. And we wouldn't have had to seen it had fucking Carl Snyder got a chance to make a remake like Zack Snyder and finished off fucking <laughs> <laughs> Baylor that night. It is, it is that end of the season is almost as good as the entire 2007 season from the whole scope of college football, not just the Notre Dame side of things. It's incredible. People got to know that Nick Saban is a communist. <laughs> there was, there's a, there's a, I think there was a documentary about this, but there was definitely a book. It was called mortal error. The shot that killed JFK. And, uh, I said Clint Hill, but that's, that's not right. It's, um, George Hickey who grabs the AR 15. Okay. And when the car speeds up after the first shot, he apparently, uh, lurches forward and he's got his hand on the trigger and he's the one who accidentally shoots JFK. According to the, they had AR 15s the very next day. They put the AR 15s out of our commission. It's, it all adds up. And when, and when they went and told, I mean, he was on like the Today Show, like I'm gonna drop this bomb on y'all with this, and like everyone's just like, hmm. Oh, there was I, there was a documentary about this. It's called JFK and the Smoking Gun. Yes, the Australians it, did it. It, it is. I, it, I, it, my, my secret uh, low key love affair is watching like 9/11 conspiracy uh, documentaries that are available on Netflix for whatever reason uh, about you know like. Uh, you know, metal doesn't burn at that at that temperature. Jet fuel can't melt steel yeah, beams. Exactly. Oh, the, the best and, ones uh, are on Amazon. And the JFK the low, stuff like is the super low budget. The JFK stuff is just the JFK stuff is just as good. I mean, there's some really so, really fun. So are we JFK saying stuff. that Bill Snyder is part of a conspiracy because at no point in Colin Klein's career, you look at any, you did, but I didn't want to say anything, so I I, I kicked on that. But I will say that at no point in Colin Klein's career, in any two-game stretch, you look at any two-game stretches of his entire career of being a quarterback, has he ever thrown more than 47 passes? And that night against Baylor, he threw 50. And he threw three picks. And he basically, Teddy Ruxpinned, apple pucker, apple sauce, pucker, pucker, Chokes pucker. Apple sauce. Just the ultimate choke job. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, are you saying there was a conspiracy? Because Bill Snyder secretly oh, we is could, a... We could do a whole villain show based on that night. Based on that night. Good. At the time. Yeah. I remember I watching that, that. I was watching that. I stayed up for that uh, uh, college football final and loved every minute of it. And it was glorious. And little did I know. Yeah, we talked about this before. Wes and I were like damn near in tears on the phone with each other talking about driving up to South Bend. And we were both like fucking lit. Complete, like there's no way either one of us could, like <laughs> she'd be, be in, in the kitchen, wheel vehicle. Be in the, the kitchen, best. let alone <laughs> behind the wheel of a car. We did not go up. We did. We did uh, come to our senses about that one. Uh, but I, Wes has his own uh, number one sign that looks exactly like Grace Hall. And, uh, and so that got lit up. 
the the best way I can describe that night would be like it was like Jack and Rose having the night of their lives on the Titanic. Just do we gotta bring up Jack and Rose again? I feel like we bring them up all the time. I can't deal with with that that chick killing him like that. She did him dirty. Listen, there's two villains in movies that are the most villainous low-key of all time. One is Rose because she killed Jack straight up, and she threw the diamond at the bottom of the sea fucking over Bill Paxton hardcore. But the other biggest villain is, of course, the greatest villain in cinematic history, which is fucking Grandpa Joe, which is the biggest scumbag oh, wow. in wow. cinematic history. That piece of shit laid in a bed for 20 years and let his whole family be destitute and they had a whole bed and fucking Charlie Bucket couldn't scrape together enough money to eat and he just everything that he had to get that chocolate bar and he gets a golden ticket and he's like family look I got this golden ticket and Grandpa Joe who didn't do shit for 20 years got up and fucking danced for candy what a piece of shit (laughs) fuck Grandpa Joe that's borderline that, that's Fam- like Greg going off on Ariel the other day on our DMs. Fa- uh, Family Guy did a great bit on on Grandpa Joe um, being a dirtbag basically for for that whole thing. So, fun fact: the guy who played well, Charlie Bucket lives near me. He's a veteran. He's an animal veterinarian. Peter Ostrom. That's incredible. How, you know, I wonder how much he gets in in uh, royalties each month. Royalties. That's a good. I mean, that's a that's a classic movie. I bet he's yeah. got some Gene Wilder stories. I bet he has some Gene Wilder oh, stories. Oh yeah, I feel like they they called him up when when Gene Wilder died and and asked him for stuff. He's like a really, but he's he's not an attention seeking guy. He's not he's not the kind of guy who's like, have you ever seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? That was me, you know. Like, <laughs> I got a fucking golden ticket at home. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Oh no. <laughs> No, but Greg was going off on Ariel being a piece of shit in the DMs the other day. Like, I felt that. Like, I felt like some real anger coming out of California from <laughs> from Greg. Like, yes, she is a piece of shit, but she's <laughs> – but that voice, that voice, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about Pro Day. Kind of. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so March 31st. So people are listening to this and probably watching uh, some Pro Day action go on right now. Um, on NBCSN, of course. Yes, yes. Or Fighting not, TV, perhaps. Which will not be showing the spring game that is reserved for Peacock. Yes, of course, the app we all have. Yes, uh, this is... Do I either have, of you guys have the Peacock app right now on any of your I devices? do now, yes. Look, I don't have I, it. I don't have it yet, but obviously I'll have it by May first. I actually downloaded it. Uh, what is that fucking show? Uh, it's a teacher. No, Frazier. The, the guy from uh, every, from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. 
Oh, uh, oh AP Bio. Yeah, AP, AP Bio. Bio. Oh, yeah, Dennis. That show. Dennis. Yeah. And they said that there's another season, but it was exclusively on Peacock. So I, I'm like, and this is one of the few shows my wife Ken and I Ken Jong are. in that, too? He's delightful. But you got to pay for the damn thing. I'm like, what the fuck? I no. pay for enough fucking apps. Like, you know, I'm, not, like, that. I'm like, I'm not paying for this. But I fucking love AP Bio, plus the fact that it's based in Toledo, uh, Toledo, Michigan, by the way. <laughs> uh, oh, Brendan Dilla, I had to give the, uh, I had to talk to the kids. I had to talk about the UP. I, I had yeah, to are you the, going this year? No, no, th- we're going. Carrie and I are going, but but th- we were talking about we were talking about it. The kids were asking like, you know, what's what's up with this, you know, in Wisconsin and all that. So I had to like break it down, like w- what went on and and why, you know, why it is the way it is. And it was it's it's a sad thing to say. It's a sad thing to say because it should belong to Wisconsin, but because no, of fuck Wisconsin your dirty, and uh, your dirty state. I mean, I can't believe Ohio even wanted Toledo. Just give it. Just fucking give it to them. It's a port city. Um, it's useful. They have a nice zoo. I'll be there on Friday. <clears throat> they oh you're gonna go to oh they got the polar bears. Yeah, they got the red panda too, yeah. which is what we're really excited about. Red panda is the best yeah, animal what? on the planet. Red panda, man. Red pandas are the oh, best. Yeah. Fort, Fort Wayne's got red pandas. Fort Wayne's Fort Wayne Zoo is actually fucking intense. It's really good. Like that's a that's a nationally like big time zoo. But the, the hippos in Toledo are fantastic. And the yeah. best thing is that when they, they feed them watermelons. So it looks like they're like just eating bloody bodies. Eating a person. You yeah, know, it's, uh, it's, it's, they kill more people. No, that's rhinoceroses. Rhinoceroses kill more people every year than they uh, – or actually hippopotamuses might too. Hippopotamuses I actually do think kill more people than lions because they are territorial. They'll eat, eat a boat farmer. Yeah, they're very fast. Uh, yeah, Toledo Zoo. They uh, first of all, they have uh, elephants. That's a fantastic. Well, it's big you in the sense that it's spread, it's it's very spread out. Like you'll have to like walk over the highway. Feed the giraffes. Well, depending yeah. on which entrance, you can go into the back entrance where they have the aquarium. Yeah, but you still got to get the just riveted with the. Uh, they redid like the reptile house and all that. Though, so there's a there's a yeah, big new yeah, area. I've been, I haven't been there since they redid that the last. Yeah, it was nice. We went there. Not we we go there every year for Sophia's birthday. Um, we missed it last year because of um, COVID. But well, I'm uh, telling you, it's not mu- it is not much. Well, it is a little farther. <laughs> but Fort uh, Fort Wayne, I mean, you just go. You can hop on over to 69 and drop down. It's not really that bad. Uh, but Fort Wayne, uh, the Fort Wayne Children's Zoo is fucking amazing, incredible. Like it's it's better than Indianapolis Zoo by far. Uh, although Indianapolis Zoo does have a roller coaster there, which is pretty dope. Um, and Tole- but Toledo is just so spread out. Fort Wayne has a is a better like yeah. less it's miles. It's a full two hours east. longer, or it's a full hour longer. It's a two hour drive to Fort Wayne. It's an hour to Toledo. Yeah, you could do that two hours. You got you got a DVD player in a car, right? Yeah, but uh, we also have a like a nine month year old. The ticking time bomb of, of Fiori. That does, that does complicate things. And then when you get somewhere and you find out, oh, how long have you been sitting in this puddle of shit? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. That's why well, you were crying. Fort Wayne, I can stop the jets there, right? No. Oh. No. There's no more jets. They closed. 
they 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 put a Facebook post out in December asking for help. Uh, nobody called, <laughs> and so they closed in February. <laughs> oh, this is a real Watchmen scenario. <laughs> it was a. Uh, I I had just told somebody about it. I'm like, oh, they're like, oh yeah. He was like, okay. I'm gonna go get that. And then he goes back to me a couple minutes later. He's like, dude, that thing's closed. I'm like, what are you talking about closed? I'm like, it's fucking this business hours right now. He's like, no, they closed it permanently. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then saw and then little deep dive into uh, the what's happening there. It's like, oh man. And the whores and the politicians will look up and in sh- the the Jets <laughs> Pizza will look up and shout, save us. And Josh will look down and whisper. No. So Bennett Skronik talked a lot of shit. <laughs> but he won't be able to back, back it up on Wednesday. He said he was going to run, he, what, 4-4? Four, four? He, he, he said he had the best run. GPS numbers on the team, uh, but unfortunately he's not going to be able to, do, <laughs> to test on that. And if you just cut the video and let the guy get a tenth of a second hard start, I bet she runs a 4 2 eight. Oh, Jude. Explain what you mean, Jude, because this is uh, this is your Explain jam, it. is the pro day, this is, pro day this is 40 what, times. This, this is, is actually, I think I want the virtual combine all the time now. This because, is actually uh, Greg, Greg's jam, but uh, help, help me out here, guys. Who was the guy who ran up, allegedly ran a 428 at his pro day? And Adam Schefter, um, he shared the uh, he shared the video and there's like clearly distinct cut right as the guy starts and then he got across the finish line at four to eight which you know good on him but there's just you know you can actually do the frame by frame and you realize the guy is well out of his out of the blocks and moving and the clock hadn't started and yet. the clock is either i negative. mean he ran probably a four three eight yeah it yeah. was negative it wasn't even it wasn't even that it was had not started yet it was literally negative <laughs> if I yes. remember, unless I was a doctor, is that what they did for Jalen Elliott at his pro day too? <laughs> wow. Well, what did Jay, I mean, Jalen? He ran like a. What did he run last year at the combine? I think it was like a four eight two or something. It was yeah, really it was, bad. It was very. Does, um, it was very. What was the, the Penn, Penn State, State Harris? Like every oh, yeah, player Penn at Penn State, State, State. Every player at Penn State like ran like a fucking three nine. <laughs> it, it could have been a pit thing, though. Uh, well, they could have sucked the time <laughs> out of pit. Should have tried. Because Harris Ford ran maybe the slowest forty time that I've ever seen a defensive back at any position run. He ran like a six-two-one. Like <laughs> he said, was, "Fuck it." Halfway through, <laughs> yeah, he just like he stopped it. He just like you know. Burned a, a, a you know a long as dagger just like as mid, he's crossing the finish day. line he's screaming run the tape watch the tape I ain't running for you yeah the uh, the cornerback is uh, Caleb Farley from, from from Virginia Tech who got the the four two eight on tape so yeah. take it for what for, for what it's worth uh, uh, on Farley, the opposite end of the spectrum Paris four I don't know if there's been Ooh. a player. In recent memory, Caleb Farley got a lot of fucking like good press, and everyone yeah. loved him. I never saw it. I, I never, never saw him as the player that everyone made him out to be. And maybe it's just my like this newfound hatred I have of Virginia Tech. <laughs> I mean, because I, I really have got, and I'm in that in that space anymore. But I just I never fucking saw it. Like whatever. Like that. There's no way this guy's 
as good as what they are saying. I never saw it. Like the guy from Syracuse that Brendan always used to dunk on. Andre Cisco. Cisco? Uh, I think he had this, the pick numbers. I just didn't think that he was better than Kyle. And I think he was one of the safeties and Paris Ford for Pitt was David Hall's two safeties and Paris Ford, by the way, like we were joking about running us the slowest 40 ever recorded. It was a four, nine 40, like half the offensive linemen, you know, that Notre Dame's put into the league have run that. Yeah. Rich Eisen's like, I got next on this. Yeah. No shit. Uh, Even Darren Ravel would uh, challenge that with his uh, upright, upright running style. Oh gosh. So we all expect it. So is there anything at the pro day in the workout section that would impress you? Like if Wu came out there and did a, um, what is it? Uh, Micah Parsons and run like a four, three, nine. Yeah. And that's what he has to, he's going to have to do that to like battle back the, the size issue. I think Wu has to come in two twenty and run a sub four five. Yeah. And I think that, I think that like solidifies his first round status. Um, and by the way, I'm not sold on Micah Parsons. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. What are your thoughts on the kids that t- like, um, there's took a year uh, off. The, the like haven't played football. In a year? I, I don't, I was, wait, that's what I, that's what I'm you're down on kids who haven't played football in a, in a year or yeah. Yeah. just like going into the NFL. Yes. Oh, how about yeah. going to college? No, no. Okay. Going into the NFL. Yes. No, no step up between high school and college. I got it. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, uh, there's no point you can make about that that I haven't already made. <laughs> I've already made those points. I am well aware of those points. I'm the one who fucking started those points. I'm the one who actually got the Dane Chris points wrong to prove those points. It wasn't completely wrong, but I mean, I had a, I had a couple dates. I don't know. Someone, someone from fucking California corrected the shit out of me about something. I made those same points. Anyways, no, it is. That is a, a jump from high school to college is a different jump from fucking college to college to the pros. NFL. So like different jump. So well the the tackle out of Oregon and there's Jamar Chase, the wide receiver out of uh, LSU and Micah Park. We're talking about like these guys are all universally seen as top ten picks. Oh yeah. I, I don't think anyone is is of the opinion that Michael Parsons, Sowell, or Chase are not going to be top ten picks. And, Par- and Parsons and, locked his shit up with his forty time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And Sowell can't do anything to 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 take his. And I, I don't know about Jamar Chase what he can do to. He's universally seen as the number one wide receiver, even ahead of Heisman winner Devonta Smith, and likely he's going to go to Cincinnati. But because you know, get that that connection with uh, um, Joey B, but Joe Burrows, of course, but. I don't know. There's something about the kids that took the year off that rubs me to, for the NFL when like the science came out and it was okay. And like you saw Rondell Moore and he came back and a lot of guys opted back in. And then there are those guys that didn't do it and they're the top 10 picks. And it kind of felt, I don't know. It kind of, it, I kind of felt, it kind of feels a little dirty and maybe I'm off base. Like, I, like, like I think I'm kind of with you a little bit, but I also, I also have the same, I, I, I can have these thoughts exist in the same space, I guess. Right. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm I, fine I, with it. These guys could do what they want to do that. And that's fine. They're, they're well within their rights to do so. But yeah, it is a little dirty, but like 
Parsons in particular for me, I just, with the other stuff that came out about him and shit like that, or, you know, the alleged shit about him. And then the fact that I just, I, I'm not hundred percent sold about his play on the field. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, did it against Rutgers. Okay. Uh, but like, I, I don't know that it, having that year off. It's a lot different than taking the, I can understand the bowl game because you have your senior year, your junior year, like a full last season on tape. But we're talking about like guys that are taking off their junior, senior years where they were supposed to put the tape for the NFL out there. I just think that's a lot and of they, fucking money for the, for these teams to be laying down on something yeah. that there's a lot of unknowns still there. Well, and I don't know. I think, so I, I think that's the whole 2021 NFL draft though, right? That's, this is, this is an oh, probably sure. over-reliance on, on tape this year. Um, you know, pro day uh, results with a, with a healthy grain of a skepticism or sort of saying, <laughs> well, it should, should be right. Yeah, exactly. And that's why you have, even at the combine, you have dudes who are on the ground who are doing their own hand timing, who are like, I just don't touch. I don't trust the computers. Like I'm not going to do the laser timing. I'm going to do my own timing, right. you know, and I'm going to tell you what, um, cause it, cause we were looking up today cause Justin Fields ran a, a four, four, um, at the Ohio state pro day. And we were talking about how um, me and my friends were talking about how fast that would be in comparison to other, uh, NFL quarterbacks. And I thought RG three had run a four, three, three at the combine. Turns out it was a four, four, one, but Gil Brandt had him timed as four, three, four, uh, old man, Gil Brandt standing at the, you know, at the finish line or whatever. So, um, you know, everybody's got their own number, you know, four, four, one is probably a pretty solid number for RG three. Mike Vick, Mike Vick was there too. Um, but you know, there was guys who ran fast as quarterbacks who, you know, you never even heard of anymore. It's not just the the stars. So like you're just taking one number and saying, Oh, like that means he's a star or whatever. That's not how Do you works. think that this helps the NFL by not having a combine to fall in love with raw numbers and it forces scouting departments to maybe spend some more time looking at tape. Cause that's one of my beefs with NFL um, and, and why there's so many busts is I feel like there's a lot of emphasis given to combine in raw measurements and they talk themselves out of players during shorts and t-shirt season. And then they, they sort of neglect, um, you know, what the player's actual production on the field was. Well, I, you know, I think about it in terms of like um, the whole Ryan Leaf, Peyton Manning thing, right? Like the, the Colts would have been very happy to have Ryan Leaf. The reason the Colts didn't take Ryan Leaf was because Ryan Leaf made it clear to them that he would not play for Indianapolis if he was drafted. So they were forced to look at Peyton Manning. Right. And so you could say, oh, they obviously, you know, their scouting department or whatever. But sometimes like you literally the thing that, that hurts you the most is you don't know what's in between that guy's two ears. Right. And so that's how he did, you won two Super Bowls. Right, Jude. <laughs> that's how I won two Super Bowls. Yes. Um, so like you don't you just don't know how guys are going to you. They could have they could look exactly like you said. They could look great in T-shirt and shorts. They could throw a perfect pro day. Jimmy Clausen through a great pro day. Um, you know, uh, one drop pass, right? Um, one drop pass. I think, uh, I don't remember if it was to Sean Kaiser, somebody else. I remember having a great, like a great pro day or whatever. Like that doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? What, it, what, what means is like, is 
to, to be honest with you, like some guys get lucky and, and it pans out. You know how many people were like shitting all over Lamar Jackson saying he couldn't be an NFL quarterback? Like a lot, right? And so, you know, mock draft guys get it wrong. Mel Kuypers of the world get it wrong. Uh, certainly scouting departments get it wrong. And so I think, I think it, you know, uh, part of me says, well, this is going to be, a, you know, a make or break year for, for NFL scouting departments because they're really going to make their money this year because they have less to go on. But then the other part of me is like, there's still going to be a, a certain subset that just gets really lucky. The guys just pan out. You know, whether it's a good fit. And, and, and that's the thing is like, <laughs> did, did Sam Darnold fail because he's a, he's a shitty quarterback or did Sam Darnold fail because he was in a shitty system? He's a shitty quarterback. Right. Like and, we want. And, and, yeah. and, it, and if he goes to an, if he goes, if he goes to another program, then, you know, but we also say the same thing about Brady Quinn, right? Which is like, oh, if the Cleveland Browns just hadn't picked him, like he would have succeeded. Like maybe. Well, he would have I, at least had a better chance, right? Right, but you could say that about I Sam mean, Darnold, right? Well, I mean, say about Clawson, Quinn, Kaiser. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's lots and, of and, and yes, a, a number of a number of guys out there who are getting swallowed up by teams like Cleveland and Cincinnati, just fucking ruining guys. Right. Uh, Detroit has its fair share. Detroit, of ruining yeah, Detroit has oh, a yeah. fair share of ruining oh, careers. Yeah. Yeah. The Bears. Oh, the Bears. <laughs> well, oh God, the Bears. <laughs> uh, I mean, it seems their yeah, jam now is just to to sign the dregs of the NFL. So I'm fine with that. I mean, it's just a it's weird time when we're like, you'd rather be drafted by Cleveland right now than Houston. Oof. <laughs> uh, yeah. the well, sh- yeah. the shit show going on in Houston right now. There's, I, no there's, way tw- there's 20 now um, on old Deshaun, so... Not things are not looking good for the most well, you would, famous. You want to throw up a conspiracy though? Would those twenty of came out if he didn't want traded? None of them uh, are criminal, well, right? Like they're these are all money claims. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I think some of them are criminal. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they are. I guess what I'm saying is, is like, so you you have the domino effect, right? Like. All this, this is all alleged stuff, so it, it's hard to talk about um, in that sense. But just say it, say these things are all true. So many of them are just we're holding back out of fear or whatever it was. But it, you know, just like anything else, once a few come out, then here they all come. But you know, someone made the point. It's like, is this pushed by? I mean, is this an actual conspiracy where he wanted out, and so someone is? Someone got that first domino rolling. Not to say that it did, but that. Here's what I would say about that. They didn't do it, saying that if domino effects happening because of because of one. If thing. it it would it's be the up. worst conspiracy theory ever, because if you're the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson wants out of your franchise, you don't want these allegations coming out because now you have no ability to trade him or get any value for him because he's completely toxic. True. No, true. So, Absolutely true. Yeah. So he, he is, he it's is just a, it's a what persona. Not it's a wild scenario him. going down, down there in Houston. I mean, it's just, it's some fucked up shit going it's on. It's just down Clemson there. quarterbacks, man. It's just the, the kind of, the kind of people <laughs> that Dabo brings in. Uh, that's just part of the course. <laughs> <Clemson>. <laughs> Uh, I can't. Yeah, I can't. T- I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> I should have brought it up. Um, 
God, is there anybody like there's like what can Liam? I, like we saw Rondell Moore jump to the moon at his pro day, right? <laughs> yep, he, he literally jumped his height at his pro day. But like, and which which helps out. Like this this starts sealing the deal. Like yes, he is five foot four, but he is a stud athlete. Like, how much can Liam Eikenberg do tomorrow? Like, what can he do? Is it, is it like, can we see him bench press at his shuttle time? And maybe his 40 does. I mean, a lot of the questions about Liam Eikenberg that I've been getting from NFL people have been about his athleticism. And I'm just like, how much more athletic do you need him to be? Like, do you, I, and I think he said he's not a fucking wide receiver. He's not out catching passes. There's He's blocking people. I so you know how much how important is this day for him? I don't know. Um, it's it's more important for him for the guys around him to have bad days. Like, do you remember when Orlando Brown, the the Oklahoma offensive tackle, had like he like did like fourteen reps and it was the worst perform. He was like below most running backs. <laughs> it was bad. It was awful. And he ended up, he was like, they thought he was going to be a mid to end of the first round guy. And then he had had this awful combine and he went in the third round, um, which raised the water for everybody behind him. The only thing he can do is not have an awful day and hope some other guys like the kid at Northwestern has like, he does 14, he forgets how to breathe and does like 14 reps. And then you say it too, is it helps not having Tyler Newsom there to show up everybody on the bench. Yeah, well, it definitely helps not to have the, uh, the most <laughs> muscular and strongest punter to ever play the game of football. Sorry, Pat McAfee. Um, <laughs> Pat would probably Pat would probably give him a, a big fucking salute. He did. Oh, he did. He, uh, oh, yeah. He, uh, for the branded him. Yeah, he, he blasted it out when he put up the, his bench numbers because the NFL were cowards and they didn't invite him to the combine. So, but I, how much more important, like? Who who's tomorrow for? Like, is this a Dalen Hayes Ade? Is this like? Yeah, I'm, again, I'm I saying mean, tomorrow they run, run forty. So Ian Book, I think, can make himself some some. I think it's for Ian Book. Maybe maybe he can get himself into like a better draft position if he can throw over brooms really well. I just feel like I feel like Ian Book is like gonna go somewhere, like. Like it's already set in stone for book. Like whatever, whatever the scenario is for, for book to seventh round. Yeah. I think it's already set in stone. Like there's nothing like, like he can't change his future. I mean, I think in, the combine is sure a showcase drafted. for, to surprise people. Miles boy can surprise the hell out of people. Right. Yeah. But so, he's not a quarterback. Like, did too. He's not a quarterback. No, I understand. But I'm just, you asked the question. Who's the, who's the pro day for? And I'm trying to okay. answer it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. So do you, I mean, do you have anybody in mind? Do you, I mean, who, who do you think, it, who do you think you have a hunch or a, or maybe a guess about who might uh, put up a shot? I mean, cause Chase Claypool, Miles boy can both of them put up some numbers we kind of weren't expecting. And it was yeah. like, Oh, that's why it's impossible for me to, to answer your question. I, I want to, but, um, you know, I, I would just be guessing at who's a secret. <laughs> uh, the thing is, and again, another rant here, but these guys prepare so much for these 
these drills that may or may not translate at all to their football acumen or their, their athletic skills, like running in a straight line for 40 yards is not something you often do in the, in the NFL in a real game. Not even on kickoff. Not unless um, Jack Cone, not unless Cone's throwing you the football, then you're gonna be running a straight line for you. You'll be running out of the field. building. I mean, yeah, damn right. You better watch out. <laughs> Clarence Lewis is weeping somewhere. <laughs> Boykin, it is so. So what we're saying is that because Boykin ran a four four two, Chase Claypool ran a four four two. Here go. Javon McKinley runs a four four two. I mean, he, he, he certainly can make some money tomorrow if he runs a four four two. Here's what's uh, fucked up. Here's what's fucked up. So I've been asked. I was asked multiple times on two, the last two podcasts that was out for the, for NFL sites about sleepers in this Notre Dame draft class. Guess how many times I mentioned Javon McKinley? Zeros. Zero. Me. Me. Hmm. Javon McKinley, super fan number one. I, I mean, I'm ashamed of myself, uh, and I just, I don't know. I McKinley is a is a chiseled god of a specimen, unstoppable beast, according to Brian Kelly, portion <laughs> yes. of Sante Samuel. So Junior. I think maybe maybe he gets the uh, the the Boykin Claypool. Number of time, his uh, hey, at least his uh, production last season was good. You know, I mean, he did. Yeah. <laughs> he's the top receiver on your team that went to the playoffs. So if he ru- if he goes out there and runs, uh, you know, something similar, he probably made himself some money. I mean, talking about a guy who maybe was most likely going to go undrafted to maybe a guy who goes in the fourth fifth round. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of wide receivers in this class. That's that's another thing. There's a, a lot. Deep, it's a very deep wide receiver class. Yeah. Like we're, you're getting top notch guys in the third round. Like Kevin Stefferson's in this draft. And as much as I love Javon McKinley, if I'm a NFL guy in the war room, I'm drafting Kevin Stefferson before I draft Javon McKinley. One thing Javon McKinley can give you is uh, emotional stability. He's a fantastic blocker. Plays special teams. He is um, a tremendous blocker, and I pointed he's that a out. Tremendous before, blocker. Before he blew up as a receiver, I pointed out his blocking because it it had been consistent for his time there at Notre Dame. He does a hell of a, I I pointed that out about Michael Floyd. Like, we we looked into this when they announced that. When we they announced the starting wide receivers for the Duke game, um, and I don't think we took any credit on here for it, but we said if this is the wide receivers that they're going to go with, this is going to be a team that just tries to run the ball all the time, and then that's what they ended up being. Right? We, we we said that in our DMs like the day the the uh, depth chart got released, and then we went we potted about it a little bit, but we were absolutely right. Yeah, this was a team that wanted to run the football because based off of the wide receiver. Uh, the wide receiver starting lineup because Javon McKinley, he was, he was great at it. And you know what? Did you, if you're a wide receiver, you can block, you can get in special teams. You, you'll find a role. Maybe, maybe, uh, Bill Belichick. Of, like. uh, do you guys see the clip of Saban talking about Notre Dame and the, I, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, listen, listen, I fucking the love it because yeah. I love what he said about Notre Dame. Like 
he was he he like he was like chuckling that other teams were trying to stop Notre Dame with a nickel. Like that that didn't make sense to him. He thought that was fucked up. He could t- I mean he was he had a, like a laugh like no you're not gonna they're gonna go out there <laughs> and tear you up. I thought that was fucking hilarious and uh, I loved it. Like seriously like the, I do love that he you know, there is a level of respect from Saban that he gives to Notre that he defers to Notre Dame. And I, I appreciate that. I used yeah, to be an Arden Saban too. hater. And over the years, oh, yeah. I, I think in the last like four years, I've really softened on Saban because I used to hate him like Nick Satan. But over the last four years, I've kind of softened on him. And I think a lot of it is, I think, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, think a lot of it is because does he, doesn't, un- he doesn't stop trying. Like he's fucking I think full, that- full go. And it's like, this this guy at any point could rest on his laurels, could absolutely mail it in, and probably yeah. still have a chance to win the national title four out of the next five years. And but he doesn't. Like he is so fucking obsessed, and I can respect that. I mean, but yeah. By the re- way, this may be heresy, but I feel the same exact way about Tom Brady, which is begrudgingly I respect the hell out of him for for not for not giving up, you know, and always trying to figure out a way to keep his body in shape at his advanced age and also like just continue to surround himself with yeah. people that can make a winning formula. No matter I would have that level of respect for him about until three years ago, but not anymore. It, I had, to, I didn't have that level of respect for Brady until I saw him partying after this last Super Bowl win. <laughs> <laughs> and he had Seeing the, him tossing the trophy around Seeing him fucking the flavored out of a bar. like Jude Seymour. You know what? Good for, <laughs> you. Good for you, Tom. I mean, whatever, whatever. I mean, yeah, he's he's solid. He's a he's a good player. <laughs> I and I love the fact that uh, Michigan fans try to claim him as their uh, their son. And they trashed yeah. him. It was all about Henny. They trashed him. It they, was uh, they, no I Drew Henson. They forget. It was Drew. They wanted Drew it Henson. It's all so about bad. Drew Henson. Yeah, Henson. Oh God, they wanted to run the top of the door. It was all about Henson since Henson was like a sophomore in high school. Yep, and, he was oh, a dream. God, and he spurned yeah. them for major league. The Yankees of all teams. Oh my God, I just everything about that I loved. Um, and he yeah, lost so another name in '98. So, yeah, so fuck Michigan fans because they didn't want him to begin with. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. trying to think of like a player. I'm trying to think of a player that like, right, like we could the like, game pad? yeah, like we could tie that into and I'm having a hard time. Um, the only thing I can kind of think of that might be. Who's a guy who I we all were just like, this guy's garbage. And he, then he, go, he goes on to do, do really well in the NFL. There might be a, sm- I don't think that we all thought he was garbage, but I think we were ready to move on to maybe Ryan Grant. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. I that think Ryan Grant might be the only one I can think. Of. Like I loved Ryan Grant, but like I oh, was yeah. like, okay, Darius Walker came on the scene, and it was like, okay. Um, and that's really the only, and I think that's the only one. I and Ryan Grant had a pretty successful NFL career by the modern um, average of NFL successful careers, right? How he had about a pretty uh, good run? How about uh, John Sullivan? Yeah, John Sullivan no. another one. No. no. I mean, no. his career no in Notre Dame None. was not his career in the NFL. 
No, I have no no forgiveness for the Olay action on my boy Jimmy. Oh, I um, the question was what 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 Notre Dame player were you were you ready to move on for that actually had a good NFL career? Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. I, I'm still not gonna I'm not gonna concede that. <laughs> okay, yeah. concede that point. Uh, but no, I actually wrote a uh, the five of the most disrespected Irish players for the past 20 years article. I wrote it uh, <laughs> just last March Jimmy, 19th. Jimmy Glossin March was number 19, one and number two and number three. I didn't have them ranked. I okay. just I just <laughs> listed five guys off. You guys want to know who those five were? Sure. James Clawson, Jimmy Clawson, Jim Clawson, <laughs> and what else? So Jamie Clawson. Trevor, Trevor Laws. Because yeah. which recently we talked about who, you know, just put in 112 tackles as a defensive end in a three, four scheme. The most absurd. Tao had 113 in his senior year. Yeah. 112 tackles. So yep. Fucking Trevor Laws never gets it. unreal. <laughs> unreal. That's unreal. that will never be topped. And I, I can say that with absolute impunity from that position, it will never be surpassed. Uh, Tommy, Reed. Be, Tommy, Reed, another yeah. name on this, on this list. Mm. He is what, I mean, he is one of the most disrespected Irish players. When you think about all that he had to go four years of what he did. Jude, that, uh, Jude, that Jude did the, the big Tommy article. Yeah. Thanks to Brendan's help. Like you, you, you charted to, the whole, every Tommy pick, uh, every, well, every, every turnover by a uh, Kelly era quarterback too. So yeah. a third one here. And this is more of a personal one than uh, Sam young. Mm. Who, well, by the way, had a lineman had a, fa- I guess a lot of linemen had a fairly long career. Uh, Ryan Grant was, was on this list. And that's why I bring this yeah. up because Ryan Grant was definitely on this list. And uh, Grant actually reached out to me after this Ooh. and he, and uh, he actually told me, um, don't feel bad for me. He thought, <laughs> yes, no. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, in a set, like he deserved it is what he was basically saying. Mm. I mean, like, he's like, you know, it just, it's life, man. I got injured, you know, shit happens. Right. Uh, yeah. didn't, I mean, he, it was a quick conversation, but a pretty cool conversation of a guy who who could look back and like, you know, he had a he had a nice run in the in the NFL. But as far as like Notre Dame, his alma mater, which you know, guys are going back. There's not a whole lot of guys going back to their NFL teams that they were there because they're not there the whole time, anyways. But right. everyone goes back to their colleges. I mean, that's that's just what that's what you do. But Ryan Grant's not a name that that people mention with awe. Fans don't mention with awe when they're talking about Notre Dame running backs, and they should because he was fucking good. He's one. Of, I mean, you can't name uh, two other better running backs in the last twenty-five years that came out of Notre Dame. Probably thir- we're probably reaching on thirty years now. Theoretic. Uh, um, uh, I mean, I mean you had a thousand-yard season. My last line. My last line for Grant was: He is arguably the most successful Irish running back in the NFL since Jerome Bettis. Theoretic would like. What about Julius Jones? Julius Jones. I, yeah. I did the compa- I did the comparison to stats with Jones and okay. Grant had him. I, I I remember that distinctly. I, that's why I put that line in there. Right. Um, was to show that yeah, because uh, Julius Jones from Irish fans had a better career, you know, at Notre Dame. So right. the respect level is still there for for him. With Grant, it's yeah. not. And then he of had course a thousand uh, yard season in two thousand two. I mean. Then of course James Jim Jimmy Clausen is on that list as well. 
So, <laughs> of course, Moss is on that list. My uh, my quick story about Ryan Grant is um, in the earlier this month, I I tweeted out a screenshot from the the ill fated two thousand three uh, Notre Dame Purdue game, which I definitely recommend you do not watch. Ouch. Um, in which uh, they they noticed the three offensive stars for Notre Dame: Brady Quinn, Ryan Grant, and Maurice Stovall. The two funny, uh, not funny, one funny and one interesting thing. The funny thing was that they put up three headshots of people that were clearly not Brady Quinn, Ryan Grant, and Reese Stovall. Oh, right. And the, the yeah. other thing that probably got Ryan Grant's attention besides the headshot not being right was he had six rushes for six yards at that point. Um, it was just, it was a tough, it was a tough game to be a, a Notre Dame player. So that's the one that Brady Quinn, I think, attempted. 59 passes or something. It's just something just got awful and it was getting hit was, the whole day. So. It was a tough I, uh, to be in the state of Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, Ryan Grant once went for almost 200 yards against uh, Air Force, who I think at that time was led by Bo Morgan. Um, mm. I'm pretty sure he's, oh. he's led them every year. I mean, he's um, led them every yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, since all 1992, time, time Bo Morgan. Uh, it's either <laughs> Bo Morgan or... Uh, Spanky Gilliam. That's another uh, iconic Spanky, Air Force player. Spanky Gilliam. <laughs> Google him. That's a real person. He's a Google. real Air Force football player. Spanky Gilliam. Love it. Google him. Air, there's two players on that roster. There's Spanky. There's uh, Spanky Gilliam and Bo Morgan. That's the whole team. Good to know. Spanky Gilliam was you there know, for like three decades. So I I got this new feature where uh, so every Friday I'm gonna we got all these photos, right. That, that we have in our system to use and you're not going to use these old ones like rarely ever. Right. But we got access to them and we could use them. And like literally like the, um, the picture of, uh, of Emil Simcoe from 1947 that I had in the last one, you could buy a print of that for like $500. So I'm going <laughs> to do y'all some favors here. And I'm going to start drop. I'm serious from Gettys. I'm going to do y'all some favors here. I'm going to start dropping five old ass pictures. Maybe I should do one of like Notre Dame, like a theme Notre Dame Air Force one week with Bo Morgan. <laughs> Just Bo Morgan, Spanky Gilliam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'll put the search in for old Spanky and see what comes up. <laughs> I'm sure Spanky Care, will be careful on there. with that. <laughs> when you do well, when you do a the, search for the old Spanky, you might might be a little surprised about what you get. <laughs> you might want to uh, cover your face. <laughs> oh no! Oh shit! All right, well we need to move on here. Uh, rank everything. I got a I got a good one this week. Top five teen movies. Oh boy! And I gotta tell you, I think there'll be some differences because you you boys are a few years older. Uh, I, so think I think the, you you might the parameter. The parameters for defining a t- what a team movie is, too, I think is pretty loose. Yeah. Um, Primarily teen cast. I think I think that that's the big thing is. Well, at least post train teams, right? Uh, yes. This is how I mean, yeah. how, how so, was Gabrielle at 90210 when she like 32 or freshman year? And Luke and Perry was like 45. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Gabrielle was definitely older. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think the yeah, you, it's got to be maybe about high schoolers or teenagers. I think has to be the okay. I know what so before, number one is. I'm gonna write it down on this this year uh, notepad that I have here. 
You know, before I get number three, you know what your number one is, or somebody else's number one. I know what your number one is. My number one. But I'll just write down your number one right now. Before I get to S three, I'm gonna give you my wife's. My wife. My wife. I think it's important to have a a female perspective in this too, which I don't believe any of us are. So if you guys ever want to get when you get the uh, the last minute, hey, this is the top five. If you ever get get hey, ask your wives, bring it on in. But so I ask ask Keek this tonight: What are your top five teen movies? So going down five to one. Number five, Scream. Number three. Or number four, 16 Candles. Number three, Varsity Blues. Number two, The Heathers. And number one, Teen Witch. Okay, I don't know what Teen Witch is. And The Heathers? Is this like the Ohio State University? (laughs) It's just Heathers. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a group of girls named Heather. I know what Heathers. the fucking movie is. Yeah. I, I call it the Heathers. I know it is called just Heathers. You, but you don't know what teen witch is. I d- do. I know what teen witch is. I don't believe so. It's What's not the best teen related witch movie. We'll just say that. <laughs> wow. It kills the craft. Is it just, no, the, it is not. it just craft or is it the craft? <laughs> it's, it's the craft. The craft and that is the best uh, teen the, witch movie. Well, well, Even though it does have Robin well, it might possibly and be the greatest bar drop of all time. The greatest rap song of all time lives within Teen Witch. Wow. Okay. Serious verses get dropped on that. From 1989. 89. Something like that. So anyways, those are her top five. So Jude, what do you got? Well, I'm going to do just I don't have a particular order. I do have a number one, though. So Brendan's apparently going to tell me what that number one is. So I'm going to go number five. I'm going to go Euro Trip. Have you ever seen Euro Trip? That was that was an honorable mention on mine. First of all, Scotty like doesn't know. Scotty does not know. Um, <laughs> second of all, what year did that come out? Maybe 2003, I want to say. I walked around probably all 2003 just being annoying as hell going, here's a fun fact. You made out with your sister. (laughs) Um, It's it was uh, I didn't like road trip, um, but I really like Euro trip and Euro trip is just it's just a rip off of road trip without Tom Green in it. Um, But Michelle Trackenberg, Michelle Trackenberg was in it. Um, It's. You know, a, a very weird cameo for Matt Damon. <laughs> just, very weird. Just, the story about how I he got into that movie too. Like, like they just they got Matt Damon like that day. Yeah, yeah. there's a story just behind because it. Because he was in Austria put, at the same time. Right, so, uh, no, yeah, shooting okay. the Brothers Grimm, if I recall correctly. Yes, yeah. yes that's what it was. That's what it yeah. was. Uh, so that's that's my number five. Uh, number four is. Um, you know, number four, I'll I'll go probably with the with the my generation's raunchy, uh, which is American Pie. I wasn't like I didn't ever do like Porky's or anything. I, I really didn't follow any of those films from the the 1980s. Love so them all. American, Love American them Pie, all. I mean, often imitated, probably never duplicated, even by all of the American Pie sequels that uh, are <laughs> frankly not worth watching. Um, 
Stifler but, is an institution. But like literally the word, the phrase MILF did not exist before 1999. And I think if nothing else, um, the fact that that has entered the popular lexicon. In the there last is one industry that years, really thinks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me that a movie, a, like a lowbrow, <laughs> a lowbrow comedy could, uh, could make that, you know make that uh thing so uh number three is gonna be donnie darko i love donnie darko oh um, yes the first, time, the first time i watched donnie darko i didn't understand what the hell was going on um but i knew i wanted to check it out and watch it a little bit more um one of my favorite memories is uh going to a, a midnight screening of donnie darko which was uh they had a special re-release where they gave the director's cut which is not actually better than the than the, the the cut that um, I agree with that. that that Richard Kelly ended up submitting yeah the studio cut um I agree with that but it was it was definitely worth checking out uh obviously Jake Gyllenhaal was in it and uh it, it's just a really I think it's a really interesting movie it, it tries some things that I don't think you see a lot um in other movies and uh I just I was a big fan and uh oh I guess I had an honorable mention which is super bad super bad <laughs> it makes me laugh uh, so much about just, again, another one of those like kind of raunchy teen coming of age, like everything is awkward. Every, everything's like, you know, screwed up or whatever. But I just, I feel like a lot of times people tried to make super bad and it was never, um, it never kind of caught that, that, the same kind of, uh, vibe of good jokes and, and also just kind of like likable characters. Cause sometimes you get good jokes, but the characters are kind of shitheads, you know? So like uh, number shitheads was the super bad. Yeah. Key. Yeah. Number two is uh, say anything. Um, there's so many quotable lines from say anything. I gave her my heart. She gave me a pen. Um, you know, the, the whole Lloyd Dobler speech about when he, when he's asked like what he wants to do for a living and he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to buy anything sold or processed. I want to sell anything bought or processed, you know, just, um, you know, so many good parts, obviously, you know, huge, made fun of now big parody for, you know, the, uh, the boom box outside of the, outside of the girl's door or whatever. But, uh, it, it's just, it's a really good, a really good film. I think there's, there's, um, there's some real tenderness in it. And it's also, it's also kind of secretly like very, very funny. So I like that one. And my number one film is Brendan. Election. Wow. I love election. I never even thought about that movie. Oh, I didn't get it. Damn. No, that was going to be it. That's super good. That's a good guess. I, I do love election. Tracy flick. Pick I would have thought as that being what your job is now, that that would have been the one, but maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. My number one uh, teen film, and maybe this is going to cause some controversy is uh, back to the future. Oh, I'm going to cause it a controversy. Gosh, is that a team? Is that a team? Uh, that's well, that's exactly that's well, how, exact. how how old was Michael J. Fox's character in that movie? Well, here's what I would say. He here's was in I high school. He was a high school prom. He was a high he school a character. character. And he goes back to his parents who are in high parents. school. High school parents. He goes to high school there. He goes to prom. It is a okay. team movie. Okay. I would say, yep. Yeah, I would say, you know what? Back to the Future 1, yes. Back to the Future 2, no. Well, it's... I specifically did not have Back to the Future I, two yep. or three. Yeah, I, here, I get, I get so. what you're going. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, Even uh, though uh, two is like two moments is after. Yeah. And better. One. Um, so I would actually allow it. 
but I no one's going to take it. <laughs> uh, so Back to the Future is just, it's always a film that I always come back to. It's a film that if it was on television, if I had television still, I would, you know, would pick up in the middle and just enjoy. It's never, um, it never gets old for me. It just, it's always enjoyable. I always feel like I, I enjoy something else from it. You know, whether it's a little in joke I've never noticed before, or just, um, just kind of like thinking through <laughs> some of the things that don't make any sense at all. Like, why would you hire your mother's rapist to detail your car? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, what exactly was Marty McFly's plan? Um, you know, he's, his plan was that he was going to get fresh with his mom. Um, and then his mom was going to be screaming about it. And, um, and then, then his father would intervene and say, Hey, you get your damn hands off of her. Hey, there's a whole industry that thanks him for that one too. But, uh, same industry. He literally never thought through like, what if my, what if my mom's into this? Um, you know, and that's exactly what would happen. And, And so if Biff doesn't intervene there, when George opens up the door and says, Hey, you get well, her, your damn hands off of her. And she, she'd be like, I'm making out with Calvin Klein. Could you leave me the hell alone? You know what I mean? Like she would be more well, mad she at kissed George. Him, she knew something was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But still, she knew someone. She so it wouldn't have got. It wouldn't have got. I think the real got to the point issue here, where this would have been like no, wrong. But on George, many George busted. George would bust in and say, "Open up the door." Nothing would be going on. He'd say, "Hey, you get your damn hands off of her," and he, she'd be like, "George, what are you doing? My his damn hands aren't even on me." Like, it, like it would have been awkward. I think sure. what we really need really in the best is the real hero here. Is <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we need. Just like release the Snyder cut, we need the Stoltz cut. Mm. <laughs> so we need a four-hour long. First Give of me all, a four-hour cut of there's, Eric. There's not Did enough. you watch the Snyder cut? But, but there's not enough Snyder Stoltz cut? footage, so you're not gonna get. I Stoltz want cut. to watch the Snyder cut desperately, um, but the problem is, is that the kids go to bed at 7:30, which means that the kids probably go to bed at 8:30, which means that if I started, if I started the movie at 8:30, I'd have to, I'd be finishing around the time. A half an hour from now, right? So I just the full cast just did a whole episode on on they all watched it and came <laughs> came back with their takes about it. Uh, and it was a that was a pretty good episode. I haven't wa- I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched I'm very it excited to watch it. I plan on watching it in in two segments. I'm very excited. That's all I got. Yeah. All I got. Okay. Got your five. All right. Hey, that's a that's a solid that's a list good, and. That's a- Good five. Only one of them were one I have listed. So, oh, let's see what Brendan does. Well, you mentioned it, but I'm going to put in. So the way that I looked at it is I looked at it at, for teen movie for me. Not only were they teen characters, but it was movies when I was a teen as well to sort mm. of put it in the same uh, the same realm. So just movies from one that resonated with me as a teen, as teen movies, um, and not in any order. And, and I have a pretty heavy lean towards horror movies because that was kind of the jam for teen movies of the 90s. So um, The Craft is on there for sure. Um, I thought The Craft was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I just I can't stand that actress. Uh, which one? The one from which one? Are you uh, whatever about her name from is. Bobby Boucher's girlfriend? Yes, I cannot. I I can't. I cannot. Like yeah, I can that see, ruined water. Like that, 
that ruined Waterboy for me. I just don't like. I mean, I just don't care for her. <laughs> I don't. I, which, I'm not a huge which fan. Which means I, I don't like watching the. I don't like watching the craft because I just. Because oh man, she's just. A, it's annoying. Like it's a very annoying. Like. I don't know, but maybe she did her job. She really played trash. She did well. her job really good in that yeah. movie. So she was like maybe awful. maybe that's a credit to her that seeing that movie, I can only, I can only look at her and see trash. Oh, so she, she did she did a hell of a job then. She she did a hell of a job uh, doing it, but like you know, it was a Nev Campbell project, right? I mean, everybody was in it for Nev Campbell. Um, but uh, also on the list, a fantastic uh, teen horror movie. But the faculty. Have you guys seen the faculty? <laughs> uh, I, saw the, I saw the faculty Christmas, Christmas Day in the theaters. That was a, one of our Christmas. Day. One of the things that my friend and I used to do when we were in college was go to a movie on Christmas Day and we would watch whatever movie was out. And the faculty was the 1999 or 2000 uh, Christmas movie. We went to. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Not one I would have thought of, but that's definitely good. Yeah, I was uh, I was a huge fan of the the faculty. Uh, that one. Uh, also, Final Destination, another great uh, horror movie uh, teen. Every time I drive behind a, uh, a truck that's transporting logs on yep. the highway. Oh, wow. Get the fuck I, off that lane. I, I actually had a Final Destination moment in my life. I think I was 16 years old, and I owned a um, uh, Geo Protege and uh, before it became the Mazda Protege. And I was driving home from my aunt's house and painting it, and a piece of glass slipped off the back of a glass truck. You know how they just have them like hanging on the side when wow. I'm on the highway doing 70 miles an hour, and I see the glass slip off toward me and i probably uh like just replaying it in my mind i was like this is a fine this is my final destination moment and i like swerved <laughs> off into the left lane on 14 and the glass shattered and it missed me and i was like man better watch out where where was i on this on this uh flight manifest for that one um <laughs> Number four for me, uh, Rush. I, I guess the fourth movie, not necessarily number four, but Rushmore. Oh my uh, God! Sanderson's. I can't oh, yeah. believe you didn't uh, grab it. I can't believe I didn't say right Rushmore. Up your, right up your alley. Uh, I as well. Jude, I, I thought that was a lock for you. I honestly. Uh, did. Yeah, as a as a West fan myself, um, I knew it. I needed to grab the Jason Schwartzman uh, vehicle and Bill Murray. Um, just the quirkiness of it, we, just uh, right in my wheelhouse. And Brendan, I need to, Brendan, I need to know your favorite line from Rushmore. Uh, my favorite line from Rushmore? Yeah. I don't know if I have a favorite line from Rushmore. I'll give you a couple. Ready? All right. You, let me hear it. Were you in the shit? Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> play wouldn't. What, what did you think of? What did you think, Mr. List, Mr. Little Jeans? Best play ever, man. Right. <laughs> Uh, these these are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? <laughs> I saved Latin. What did you ever do? <laughs> you know, a lot of people find something that they're good at and they do it for the rest of their life. For me, that's going to Rushmore. <laughs> with friends like you need with the friends like you who needs friends. 
Uh, <laughs> I love that movie. It's and, so and, good. And another one of those movies that, like, the first time I watched it, I was like, this movie feels like it's going on for three hours, and I have no idea why. And then I was just was, like, I, I, the first, I, I had to watch it a second time with a friend or something like that. They're like, hey, I want to watch this rush. Oh, I saw Rushmore already. Okay, I'll watch it with you. And I loved it. I loved Royal Tenenbaums too. I, I pretty much, I'm pretty much everything into Wes everything Wes Anderson. Yeah. Grand Budapest Hotel. Darjeeling, Darjeeling Limited was kind of the only one that I didn't like. It's the only one. Love. I agree with that. Grand um, Budapest one. I, I, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, I, I, that's I, great. Moonrise Kingdom's that great. Um, yeah, Moonrise that is good. Kingdom is 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 good. Uh, Isle of Dogs is okay. Um, Isle of Dogs was okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic Mr. Fox is okay. Life Aquatic was um, good. Was, was, Ro- Aquatic was Rockets his too? Uh, Bottle, Bottle Rocket. Rocket. Yeah. Bottle Rocket. Yeah, yeah, with the Wilson yeah. goes. And actually three Wilsons. Um, yes. Luke Owen and the third, yeah. and they, they write them all together. But yeah, um, Rushmore's on there. And then also just in the most 90s teen movie of all of them, 10 Things I Hate About You, right? It's yeah. got JGL, Heath Ledger. Julia Stiles, Alex Mack herself, um, Larissa, all unique. Uh, it's it is a it's the quintessential. Is it the, be- is it the best Shakespeare adaption? Uh, it is the best Shakespeare. Um, oh, it's wow. better than the. Uh, it is better than the other Julia Stiles Shakespeare adaptation. Oh, um, which she was in another. I mean, uh, can I put in for the 1996 Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet? Uh, it was on uh, with Claire Danes yeah. and Leonardo DiCaprio and John yeah. Leguizamo. Yeah. Um, that also is. Um, but is that? Do you like that better than um, Ten Things I Hate About so, You? So uh, I no. don't. I don't love Ten Things I Hate About You, but I. I the soundtrack lived in my car for easily a year after that movie came out. I love that soundtrack. Letters to Cleo. Um, uh, I want you to want me like the cheap trick cover. Oh, it's just, there's so many good, there's so many good songs off of that album. So anyways. Yeah. I, I can't think of a better, better adaptation. Of For some reason, I just, true. now that I'm older, I just, I can identify with the father more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I just, I feel like I'm there with that. Ethan Hawk had a I very think, good Hamlet. I don't know if you ever guys ever saw that. Uh, I think Bill Murray was in it too, if I recall correctly. Hmm. What was the other comedy they did? I mean, Ooh. do you get to count West Side Story? Because that was good. Are we talking about Julia Stiles movies like Save the Last Dance? Or are we going all Stiles all the uh, time? No. That- I was thinking. I was actually thinking of. Um, uh, of another author being ripped off all the time. Uh, Austin clueless. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. Just yep. Austin. Jane Austen. Team movie. Yeah. I was thinking of the uh, Emma, right? That's her. Yeah. Pride Which Purges. I think I've seen in multiple places. Like people have clueless, like really listed as like top one or two team movies of all time. I don't have it in my top five, but I would, it, but it has it. It deserves that kind of respect. My doctor of, said I can't do anything where balls are flying at my face. <laughs> there goes your social yeah, they, life. Like Paul Rudd, 1995. Literally Which does looks not exactly age. Exactly like Paul yeah. Rudd. Current you know, does not fucking age. 
does not age. Him and Keanu Reeves, just I don't know what they're drinking or what they're – him, Keanu Reeves, and I, I would say Tom Brady, but Tom Brady actually looks younger now than he did in 1998. I mean, there was – there for a, for a teen boy, 1995, there was no one hotter than – Alicia Silverstone. And she had the 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 the, the back to back of Clueless and uh, Batman Forever. The Aerosmith videos. Mm. I mean, she was she was on top of the world for like two years, and now she's just oh, a normal God. person. Which is well, she's not a normal person. She's like a. She's not. She's a, no, she's like a crazy animal rights activist. I think. Oh. Oh, no, yeah, 1995 would have been a little early for Sarah Michelle Gellar, right? Because she was more yeah, like she, late 90s. Yeah, mid 90s. Uh, I know what you did last summer, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Is Stacy yeah. Dash though like the craziest one that came out? Oh, how about how about Reese Witherspoon in Fear though? Oh my God. Yeah, I could definitely get behind that. Or R.I.P. Brittany Murphy, by the way. Oh gosh. Oh yeah, yeah. So those right, are your Josh. five. That running? Okay, those, those are five. my five. That was a good five, and I'm I'm pissed at myself for not picking Rushmore. So that, good on you, Brennan. So number five, and I, I went back and forth with this, back and forth with this, and eventually won out. Uh, Varsity Blues got got put down in the in the honorable mention, and in the number five spot goes Adventures in Babysitting. Now oh, the original appearance of Thor. Yes, nineteen eighty modern movies. So this is a nineteen eighty seven movie. So I was nine years old when this came out, and saw it when it came out. That's too funny. God, God bless nineteen eighties parents. <laughs> Which I, I think you can actually watch Adventures in Babysitting on Disney Plus now, right? Yeah. Oh, can you? Well, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, I'm pretty sure. I think so. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah the original or uh, is part of the it's one of those touchstone movies, right? Cinematic universe. It all makes sense. It really does. And I mean, I'm a Elizabeth Shue. Oh my god, my wife. That's like one of the. I don't get. I don't think. I don't, I don't say like like this person. My wife. If there's anything on Elizabeth Shue, and I'm watching it, she'll walk in the room and and blow me a bunch of shit. Because <laughs> like, I don't know how many times I watched The Saint. Uh, when we were dating, uh, like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say leaving Las Vegas and I was going to worry about you. No, no. She, I never seen her hotter than in uh, the same with Val Kilmer. Gorgeous. Anyways, what about you, her, Val her, better you haven't seen her in the boys. Have you wolf? Uh, <laughs> have you watched the boys? I, I know. I know the premise. So I know what you're la- yeah. I know what you're talking no, about. I, yeah. Same. I, I, I know. Anyways, Moving on. Uh, number four, uh, I had American Pie slotted in there for sure. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. We've already talked about it. There's just that that movie spawned all sorts of knockoffs slash. I mean, it changed a a lexicon. It, it did. It, it's it's more than a teen movie. It, it was really a an American uh, cinematic masterpiece, uh, which comedies don't ever get enough credit for being, uh, which. I mean, Jude, you're a big film guy. Why, why, why do these great comedies, things that change pop culture, why, why are they so 
why are they look down upon so badly compared to like some fucking artsy bullshit flick that I didn't understand after my fifth time watching it. Well, I, you get the whole debate about lowbrow versus highbrow, right? And so one of the things I always talk to people about is why do you watch films? Do you watch films as, as entertainment or do you watch films to be enlightened, right? And, and, and it, yeah, and that's fine. Both is a good answer. And, and sometimes when you gravitate towards you know, films that challenge you, it's sort of like reading a dense book. It's sort of like trying to pick up Dickens instead of trying to pick up you know, uh, a, a beach read you know, like a Sophie Kinsella or something like that. But there's a place for, there's a place for everything. And I don't, you know, I think that one of the things that we talked about with American pie is it's, it's so often imitated that everyone was like, okay, this is just formulaic. I can copy this formula and it didn't work. It didn't work uh, so many times, you know? And that, so I think there's something makes, to be, it, it was so bad that they made spoofs of all those movies because American because yeah. there were such bad knockoffs of American Pie. Right, exactly. But I mean, I think I think if you go back to American Pie, a lot of it feels like very relatable to our kind of teenage existences. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we not to be crass, but wanting to put our dick everywhere. You know, like yeah. just and not knowing how to how to kind of regulate that feeling. So um, I, I don't know. I just I found it hilarious. I found it. Entirely uh, relatable. It's it's crude, but it's not like I think so often when when you know when people when people try to do crude, it's usually like toilet humor, and that I never go for that. I never go for like people like shitting themselves, you know, or like people having like you know explosive problems at dinner tables and stuff like that. That's not or vomiting or anything like that. That's not really my jam, you know. Um, I mean, just like the the crudeness involved, the crudeness that's involved in. In American yeah. Pie, was balanced off by the the human moments and the levity, like hold Eugene on. Levy being yeah, involved there. On. Like, right. like they were, it was able to balance itself out, so it wasn't just a a raunch fest. Where some movies that tried to like follow that formula failed miserably. That's I think that was the one where. Or right there's an what, I, I mean, there's an underlying tenderness to it, which is kind yes. of like yes the relationship between, you know, Jim and his dad or whatever, where like, you know, basically he's, he's trying to, <laughs> he's trying to give his son some good guidance, but also trying to cope with the idea that he just walked in <laughs> on his son, you know, um, of all, of all those fornicating guys, with you, a pie, you know? So of all I those would guys, like to point out, I would like to point out that, uh, Jude as a, as a, um, uh, caveat to to your previous statement there was an entire scene in american pie where somebody was in the restroom the women's restroom having massive diarrhea <laughs> pooping everywhere how dare you when finch is just like shitting his guts out in a women's oh, God, restroom yeah. you're right i forgot it i forgot that's right so again not my favorite not my favorite trope but of all those guys I forgot that, guys, and I re- and I remembered the the happier parts. So, like, isn't Kevin the biggest bitch? Isn't he the one where you look at it like, like yeah. you look at your friends, your, your friend group, and like, and like you could bring all those guys in, except for Kevin. <laughs> except I, for Kevin, I, he, would, he wouldn't be able to. He wouldn't survive. He's such a bitch. Like yeah, I, I was he talking didn't about, have a net when he was like ten years old. He had a nasty fastball. <laughs> I got, I got it. I mean, 
<laughs> paid him some money, didn't it? Funky butt loving. That's all oh, I got to say. Oh, about butt that. loving. Yeah. Um, so we, I was talking with a buddy the other day. I have him lunch with a buddy and he was talking about this guy. He's like, he's like, I get him. He's a little like rough around the edges or whatever. And I said, we all have that friend that we wouldn't, in, we wouldn't introduce to our other friends, but we gotta just kind of enjoy hanging out with him. Like that's Stifler. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Oh uh, no, you, I would, you, I, I don't give should, a shit. If everyone, everybody's got a Stifler friend. Well then the, Josh, you know what that means? That means you are Stifler. <laughs> if you if you don't mind hanging out with a sti- if you don't mind introducing uh, your friends to a stifler, you are a stifler. You know, one of my best friends growing up did have a crush on my mom. Fuck. <laughs> 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 <sighs> well, this is some bullshit. So let's move on. <laughs> I mean, I guess if I was to, I mean, yeah, if I was gonna be the most relatable characters on that show or that movie to me, like the one that was most similar to me, I get, yeah, it'd have to be fucking Stifler, right? <laughs> the best character. And let's just be honest. Um, eh. And they tried to ruin, they tried to ruin him. Yeah. Uh, there was a character movies. assassination in the third one, especially. Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't good. It should poop. It wasn't good. Someone needed to stop. Yeah, he had to, dude, he had to eat a poop in the third one. Dude, he had to eat a dog poop. I didn't stick up for the third one. I stuck up for the first one, and I I admitted that I forgot the the whole thing. The second one was good, though. The second one. Was American Wedding the third one? American Wedding was the third one, yeah. Yeah. The third, yeah. The second one was good, though. I remember nothing about the second one. I remember more about the third one than I think I do the second one. The second one was, uh, I think the second one was good. Cause they were, they were up in Peyton houses next to lesbians or Peyton, the lesbians house. Yeah. It all takes place on, uh, in Michigan too. It was written by uh, a Michigan grad. You know, I went to college with those people. It all makes sense. Um, all right, so that was number what did I, what did I, uh, number four. So number three, uh, Days of Confused. I figured that'd be uh, on your yeah. list. Yeah, yeah. In high school, that was uh, that was huge. That was that was a big one. And it is it, start to finish, Days of Confused is fantastic. Soundtrack, if you're into the '70s classic rock stuff, great soundtrack all the way through. Uh, you know, it's it's Southern California, but it feels like Texas. You know what I mean? Well, that's McConaughey. And, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, all right, all right, all right. It's probably gonna be yeah, maybe, what, the, maybe the second line of McConaughey's old bit, right? That's what it is. That's what it is. The the whole movie's great. The cast was fantastic. Um, shit, man, that's a that'll never that'll never stop. Uh, number two, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I well, mean, you just got the Pete Sampson boat right there. Yeah. Congratulations. And I'm kind but of I mean, upset because when you mentioned when you mentioned Dazed and Confused, it reminded me of a movie that should have been on my top five, and I'm very upset at myself about it. Which one? Well, just in case it's not Josh's number one, though, right? We should. Probably well, well, we'll see if it's we'll, it, we'll, we'll see if it's not your number one, but okay. absolutely, what should have been on my list was Mallrats. Oh my God! Yes, and I'm. 
so Listen, very upset at myself, and it's because but of they were Joey not Lauren teenagers. Adams. Joey Lauren Adams. Well, no, they weren't teenagers. You're right. They were. They were in college. I mean, they were in college. It was post high school. Yeah, he's right. Okay. He's right. I thought about it. Mallrats would have been like would have been in the number two slot. Yeah, number two. But that was my jam. I was a teenager, but okay. That was in college. I have. Oh I man, she, have, she called you callow. Callow? <laughs> yeah, it means frightened and weak-willed. Oh, I thought that was the good part. <laughs> I actually have a great story about watching that movie. Uh, never mind. I, uh, probably illegal to t- say. <laughs> anyway. Is it about <laughs> pausing the movie in certain parts when certain things happen? Uh, it has to do with uh, partying a little too hard at the fraternity house that night. And have any court the next morning that I missed. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and so that was that turned out to be a wild fun in uh, Washtenaw County courtroom. Uh, like, no, 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 wait a minute. As I'm wearing like two different socks. <laughs> it was not a good look. Uh, but the judge was really nice. So <laughs> it all worked out. There you go. Uh, anyways. Uh, Josh, keep going. Yes. Ferris number Bueller. One. Oh, you, yeah, want, Ferris, you don't want to say Ferris, it? it's without an explanation. Number Ferris one, it's, it's one of the most quotable movies around. I mean, it's been around a long time. And I don't know. I mean, I guess it feels like cheating with some of the like John Hughes stuff and all that. But it's just so damn good, man. I mean, it's it's a classic. Um, it's hard to look at Matthew Broderick and think of anything else other than that. Um, and then uh, Ben Stein here in his, I, just, <laughs> it, it, it don't have to say too much about it. It's a classic. Everybody knows it. It's my number two. Um, and I think my aunt and I can talk like, like in two hours straight, like in just out of Ferris Bueller quotes. Um, at least it feels like it. She's, she's good at the movie quote game where you're, that's all you say. But anyway, yeah, that's number two. Number one. Mean Girls. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It is a masterpiece. Entirely quotable. I mean, just don't. I will not not watch it. Like, if it's on whatever, if you flip, I don't flip past it. I'm watching some of it at all times. So, I don't know. It's it's great. Um, well written. I just, it, it's, it's, a, it's, Fantastic movie. Fucking hilarious. Uh, which I, I, I was so mad. At, I could not believe she did not. My wife didn't have that listed in her top five. So. I'm just glad you picked a murderer for your top one. So that's fine. <laughs> now, so I did have like Napoleon Dynamite's another another one on the. Yeah, that's a great one. And I would I just, put Napoleon Dynamite. I, I, I've seen I've seen Napoleon Dynamite twice. I don't get it. It's so oh. funny because I feel like I should get it because I like Wes Anderson films. I like quirky films. I like kind of offbeat humor. Do you like Natural Libra? No, same deal. I, I watched Natural oh. Libra and I'm like, what about like I thought about like uh, Orange County was was something that I thought about. Orange um, County's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean I'm a big Jack Black fan, so I. Uh, I, I've I've watched uh, she's all that more times than I care to to uh, 
I'm surprised remember. no well, Freddie She's Prince. Jun- there wasn't a lot of Freddie Prince on the on the list. Uh, nobody picked Cruel Intentions, anything like that. Actually, my most watched Freddie Prince movie of all time is Summer Catch, though. I've definitely seen that movie like a dozen times. So, what's the uh, God damn it? What's the movie that? Um, it's uh, it's one of the ones uh, where they had Jennifer Love Hewitt in it. Uh, I know what you did last summer. I know what you did uh, last summer. No. Amanda, uh, she was Amanda. They had the song Amanda. The song Amanda. All right, this isn't good podcasting. There, <laughs> Brandon's looking it up. It is I, a I'll, classic. I'll get you. Um, well, the Star Wars geeks. I know what you did last summer. Roof. I know what you did. I still know what you did last summer. Can't hardly wait. That's the one. Can't hardly, Can't hardly wait. wait. Can't hardly wait. Can't hardly wait. There you go. That's it. Actually, Jennifer Love Hewitt was in the news today. She's very pissed off that uh, she was sexualized in all these movies. Well. Oh. I would. Uh, I would. I would didn't, say that. Didn't, that didn't Jennifer Love Hewitt do like a Maxim spread like right around that time? I don't know. She probably she, did. Well, she, she was upset. It wasn't that she it wasn't just that she was sexualized in these movies. She was upset about the interview questions. When she that did interviews. probably is uh, that probably checks out. That feels like fair game. That feels yeah, like fair that game. feels that feels that feels like fair game. So, I'm just saying. Yeah. Came up. Yeah. Oh. That's uh, much like uh, Major Biden. I'll bite on that one. <laughs> I I can't wait for people to tell us what we got wrong because I know people oh watch God, teen so movies. Many. Oh, there's so many teen movies. Like there's Fast so Times at Ridgemont High. Like somebody Fast might be down high down high for high that, high. you know. I mean, um, there's the I mean, my God, the list that goes on on, on those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's incredible. All right, so we got one last business piece of business to do here tonight and go through our recruiting class. I think we skipped one the last time. Uh, so tonight we're going to talk about Notre Dame's 2007 recruiting class, which has one of the greatest players in Notre Dame history, Gary uh, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so for tradition, going down the list here, a couple of five stars to start off tonight, Jimmy Clausen and Duval Kamara. Yep. He dropped, uh, he slipped against uh, USC and they lost the game. Four stars, Gary Gray, Mike Ragone, Oof. Lyman Matt Romine, Robert Hughes, Golden Tate, Kerry yep. Neal, Armando Allen, Oof. Ian Williams, linebacker slash fullback Steve Pascors, Brian Smith. Oh, and the, so ends the four stars. On to the three stars. Uh, Lyman Andrew Nuss, Harrison Smith. I'll never amount to anything. Linebacker Aaron Nagel, Lyman Taylor Dover, and kicker Brandon Walker from Finley High School in Finley, Ohio. Hey, this, uh, this class has a lot of good players in it, huh? That picture of Harrison Smith on the recruiting profile is hilarious. Isn't that great? I mean, how, how, how little does Mike Ragone look? He, he just looks he like looks, a little fella. Looks 12. So 
I mean, obviously, you know, Jimmy Clausen, top dog in this class, uh, him and Golden Tate were one of the best combinations Notre Dame's ever seen. Um, and I will Harrison not take Smith's it. the best player in the class. I, I think we can say that in, with with emphatically. Harrison Smith yes. is the best yes. player in the class, right? Yes. Then the Jimmy. Fact that, the fact that no, Steve Passmore's no. was ranked Golden ahead of Tate. Ben Golden Tate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Harris was absolutely the best player in this class. He was a decathlon winner in Tennessee. Yeah. Like they do the decathlon in high school. That is a, that is a Harrison Smith is the is the original Julian lover and five-star Harrison Smith was a five-star by the time he left Notre Dame. I think we talked about that before. I think we, we brought up Harrison Smith. Like that's like, that was such a steal. Yeah. Uh, some guys in this class, like the state that, of Tennessee in this class, right? Well, yeah. I mean, this, this uh, started a love affair I've had with Tennessee. Like, all right, let's go down there and get their two best players every year. That seems yeah. to work out. <laughs> uh, but like, I really thought like Mike Ragone was going to be the next thing at tight end for Notre Dame. Like, I was so fucking the sold next on Fasano slash. Uh... So sold on him, man. Like, like nobody could talk me out of, and nobody tried. But <laughs> he was he was ranked the number fifty seventh player in the country. Uh, I, I, you go back. If you watched his high school clips, he was, and you know, he's playing at Camden Catholic. He's going against good competition. He fucking dominated. He looked like a man amongst boy. He kicked ass and he had an attitude about it. I mean, he just had a, a fucking Jersey attitude about him that we were all kind of geeking around because of, you know, why selling Jersey so hard on us. Like Bon Jovi didn't go soft on us. Do you think it's <laughs> funny that, that you say that about him? at six foot four, two twenty one, And then, you know, Barong people look at him around the same measurables and they're like, I, oh, he's too small. I actually, yeah. Cause I actually thought about microgone during this, this cycle with Kane Barron. Like that's, a, I mean, when Priester's I, done huffing farts or whatever he's doing with his hatred <laughs> of Barong, according to his family, of course. Uh, yeah. Oh, his, Oh uh, yeah. That was not, <laughs> That was, <laughs> well, Priester didn't, didn't say anything. I, uh, something else I think was brought up by a message board poster, and uh, yeah, I think the a family members. less than favorable words. <laughs> they for, the, for the Mr. Broad Mr. family. The Broad family is well aware that Tim Priester does not. They are taking faith notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they know. That's not a. I've been on that list with family members before. That's not a fun one. <laughs> I think Jude's on that list. I think he's blocked by. I was, I was blocked Javon by Javon Kim, McKinley's mom. So when you guys were all like oohing and on over whatever she was posting, like maybe a week and a half ago. Oh, I, she was, I no she, was, she retweeted a couple of my tweets. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. She, she, she's solid. She's a good, she's a solid. Uh, but Robert Hughes in love with Ooh, that Robert guy. Hughes. I mean, yeah. I love Bobby Hughes. That is Bobby Hughes is is like uh, one of the last fullbacks until recently, until maybe Audric steps on the canvas. Bobby Hughes and Tony Jones Jr. both Trojan yeah, killers. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Trojan killers. And he so, carried like fifteen Trojans on his back to the end zone in two thousand ten. <laughs> and you know, God, Armando Allen. What what could have been had he not get got injured in high, in high school? Uh. 
you know, I mean, that was, I remember getting him and the buzz was just like the speed, the speed, the speed. And I'm like, man, this guy's going to fucking break so many long rungs. Uh, and all he did was break a shoelace every <laughs> 10 yards. He, his long, um, for the record and, though, he was inbounds against Michigan. Oh, ab- fucking absolutely. They robbed, robbed. And that would have been his highlight moment of his career. Like that would have been the run that highlighted everything. So I watched a, a, like a 35 minute rendition of the 89 Michigan game. Those refs. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my, I always, I I was the one where they quiet the crowd. No, this was up in Ann Arbor. Oh, okay. Oh, this is the rocket to return. This is yeah. The refs in that game. Oh my God. I was so moved. I almost sat down and wrote a story about just about the refs in that game in fucking incredible how terrible they were. And at first I thought they are just openly fucking the dog shit out of Notre Dame here. Like this is like, well, it's pure, a known fact. Pure eight in, in our, but then you keep watching and they fuck the shit out of Michigan. Like they're just awful. Like, Oh my, like, they're awful all the way around. It's an established fact that the big 10 officials live in Barton Hills, which is the very rich neighborhood of Ann Arbor, like million dollar houses. It's an established fact that every big 10 official has a home in in Barton Hills. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was, that was pretty amazing. Um, Ian Williams, solid pickup in there. Uh, I think uh, we owe Ian Williams a lot of message board fun from that time because he was filtering things down to a uh, uh, an unnamed message poster, all sorts of shit throughout his career. Uh, and so, like in 2007, you thought, you know, in 2000, you thought everything was going to be all right in life because this kid said practice was dope. We're going to go beat USC. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's pretty good, but uh, great, you know, good player for Notre Dame transfers out. Wasn't a whole lot here, but Aaron Nagel and <clears throat> Aaron Nagel was quick. Like, I'm not sure if he, he ended up in Northwestern, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he had a freshman year in Notre Dame. Like if he transferred like, like mid semester, uh, it, it's, Seems I was pretty young. Um, I think Steve Pascores ended up at West Virginia when it was all said and done. Hopefully uh, they gave him a better headshot for his uh, profile. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm not sure about Andrew Nuss, uh, where he ended up finally. I know Mecca Nuwakwa was making music out in Omaha hey. <laughs> after, <laughs> after he left. Oh, man. Uh, Mecca ended up at, I just looked it up, uh, Western Illinois, apparently. Yes, yes. But, I mean, when he was all done, he ended up out in Omaha making music. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I think he even started a, a label. Andrew Nuss made it the whole way, I think. That's what I was wondering. I, I... Yeah, he made it the whole way because he I, – I, I'm just looking at him now. Now he got a, a degree in 2011 from University of Notre Dame, Mendoza, okay. Mendoza College of Business. So. Okay. Uh, Brian Smith, obviously. I, I like Brian Smith a lot. At least he wasn't the greatest linebacker in the world. But obviously, but he did play with a lot of passion. And I mean, what about Aurelius Ben? He he signed with Notre Dame, right? Now this was the class. This that was, was the class. class. 
this was a really bad. This was Martez. Uh, was it Martez Wilson? This is the class that Illinois fucking dogged us. <laughs> Illinois. And Notre Dame still Notre Dame still had a, a six ranked class. And if you so if you add Martez Wilson and Aurelius Ben uh, to that mix, you're looking at you know probably a top top three at least. Was, yeah, was, I mean uh, you weren't passing USC that class because they had Joe McKay. No, no, no. This Mark was Tyler. This was, this was still killing it with with Pete Carroll. Yeah, they were still buying players because they bought Joe McKnight. They bought him. That's what got them in trouble. Is they they legitimately bought him. Yeah, that's a what was that Bishop? Which which high school did he come out of? Out of Louisiana? Uh, I can't remember. But the funny thing was with McKnight, he was at a Catholic high school, and I remember people thinking that maybe Notre Dame has a shot. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. no. No, not with that sack of cash getting dropped down. Uh, see, the infamous Gary Gray. That it's just it's a shame yeah. that he's going to have to live in infamy for for all time. I mean, it just when the when I say the name Gary Gray, there's no Michigan, way you don't you don't think of 2011 Michigan. No way. First thing, there's nothing else. I think of Roy Roundtree. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I have horrible memories. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything more interesting out of this class, and I don't know if there is. D- didn't Brandon Walker miss the field goal against uh, Navy mm. in 08? I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> it feels like there's some there's some major. I mean, this is major bummer era. 07, 08, 09. Duval Kamara. I mean, was it, Kamara was uh didn't make it to El Paso his senior year for the Sun Bowl. Remember Kamara was was here for I mean this was these guys were seniors for those who stayed for seniors for Brian Kelly and then fifth year seniors for a second year. But yeah, uh, Duval Kamara did not make it to the to the Sun Bowl. I mean we didn't need him uh, tra- trashing Miami like that, but Harrison Smith took care of business down there with. Like three picks or whatever it was. Sure did. So yeah, there's the 07 class, and this was the class that uh, that got to see the worst season in Notre Dame history. Yeah, it had to be right. Had, I mean, had to be the worst. Like not just uh, like not just record wise, but like everything about that bad team. Was the worst. team. It was a bad team. Bad coaching. Horrible decisions. Demetrius Jones. I mean, the uh, Evan Sharply <laughs> running the option. <laughs> he should barely have to drop back. You know, what I mean, Evan Sharply is a guy you just wanted to have in the shotgun. <laughs> so he didn't have to move his feet at all. Uh, I don't know. There was a lot of hope in this class. I mean, just like every recruiting class, a lot of hope. I mean, it's the sixth-ranked recruiting class. You had the fifth-ranked recruiting class the year before. Ooh, man, they really come a long way with recruiting rankings. Ugh, all right. Well, I think that's it for us tonight. Jude, got anything to go out on? Um, 
Yeah, just I just wanted to give a quick Brandon Hoyt update because we've been pretty quiet the last week uh, on social media. Basically, um, you know, Brandon is the is in the uh, treatment center. He is, from what I what I've been told, he's very uh, he's in good spirits. He understands what the doctors want from him. Um, he is working on, I think, being compliant to that, which is a lot for him because again. Uh, he's, he's dealt with, he's dealing with some, you know, mental health issues or whatever. So continue to keep, uh, Brandon in your prayers. Uh, I think it's incredibly cool of the Notre Dame club of San Diego, uh, to have just donated $1,500 to the, to the GoFundMe, uh, which is still ongoing. Uh, it's exceeded its goal, but, uh, it's, you know, real, real talk. It's costing about $9,000 a week for Brandon to get the treatment that he needs. So it's his court date is like on Tuesday next week, right? Yeah. It's April 6th. So whatever date that is. So yeah, yeah, Tuesday. So again, um, that, that legal side is being worked out in terms of possibly getting the, the charges reduced, but you know, I'm not sure exactly where that's, where that's heading. Obviously, you know, showing the judge that he's working on himself and, 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 and the right place. And he's got a support team behind him is, is certainly a big part of that. So just continue to, you know, keep Brandon in your prayers, continue to, you know, guide him on the right path. But, um, uh, his father's going out, uh, I think tomorrow to see him. And I'm just, I'm overjoyed because that's the kind of people that you need to see face to face. You know, I'm, I'm sure Brandon enjoys seeing, um, some of his friends, but you know, his parents being out there is going to mean the world to him, I think. So that's the update. Good. That's a, po- that's, I mean, that's a positive vibes. That's the, Going into his court case next week, which is if he's got anxiety problem, I mean that that's 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 high anxiety. What's going on? But I I I think with the lawyers are going to be able to. I mean, I look, you're going in for your like initial court thing. This thing he had dragged on for like a year, and all you got to do is just prove to the judge that you know you're trying to take care of things. So obviously, with with all the support and help that he's getting and getting in the treatment and all that. That's going to go a long ways in the eyes of uh, the eyes of the judge. So um, that's good. That's good news. Brendan, anything final to sit out? Yeah. Um, following up with uh, Jude's Jude's good vibes. Um, fuck Grandpa Joe. <laughs> 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 terrible human being awful terrible. just the absolute pets okay i mean is he, is, yeah he's bad he's bad um <laughs> i'm excited for i'm i'm actually kind of excited for notre dame's pro day tomorrow i plan on watching approximately zero minutes uh but i do want to see what the the numbers look like and then um hopefully get some some good buzz i I think it's important for uh, notre dame to to get some good buzz about this um that is one interesting thing about the combine is that it does put the buzz and the onus on the universities for it so hopefully they show up and they put on a good show and um you know people people tune in i what's a good question one question on that, Josh. You said Jameer Jones is coming back. Is that is that what you said, Jameer Jones? That's what I, I, said that's that. what I heard. So yeah. Is it possible that Chris Fink's going to come back and catch some passes from from me and Book, or is that not a thing? It's possible, but I haven't seen anything about it. Okay. 
I mean, I just, I had heard about Jones, but I hadn't dug into anything else, but just knowing like, you know, the past stuff with former players and the guys that even go into the league, not even just at Notre Dame, but elsewhere coming back that were trying to get looking for that second chance. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I would imagine maybe there's surprises too, but maybe, maybe COVID's going to disallow that some more too. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, Stefferson was at Alabama, so I mean, it's not like Stefferson's well, been hanging around. I mean, is he hanging around Alabama? That uh, well, Matt, no, I think I think he just came in for the day. Well, Mac yeah, Jones, that's what I mean. Yeah, he's got oh. a relationship with Mac Jones because they come from the same from the same town, right? Yeah, from Jacksonville. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, Notre Dame and Alabama ain't the same either. <laughs> <laughs> in, in a lot, well, of, it, a lot of it's also a lot easier for Kevin Stefferson to get to to Alabama's sure. pro day than it would be to get to Notre Dame's pro day too. So, sure. Even if he were invited, which he's not. So unfortunate. Although he did throw, he did uh, catch some balls for me and Book. He did. I think they were working out in California or something like that. I was. I mean, Stefferson's getting around. Someone, someone believes in him. I believe in him. I think I mean I'm telling you, Stefferson. I, I think it would. I think he's look, become one of the steals of the draft. I think it Someone's would be a great. Someone's going to get him in the late rounds, like a fifth or sixth round, and he's going to come in and do exactly what he did in Notre Dame. The three-star player coming in and like, holy shit, who's that guy? Isn't this exactly what we want out of our student athletes? Like, if they make a they make a dumb decision, but it doesn't define their life. You know, well, so made like five dumb decisions. Yeah, but why, why would you not <laughs> root for back, a guy? Yeah, but why would you not root for a guy that oh, yeah. seemingly from all outward appearances has kind of uh, balanced out I mean, his life, right? I mean, I want I don't just keep that with Notre Dame football player. I mean, I, oh, of course anybody not. in life. I right. mean, I I root for the comeback for everybody out there. I mean, Brandon I mean, anybody out there that Free Britney. Hey, fuck. Yeah, Britney Spears, hell yeah. Free Look, Britney. I have fucked up more than most people in life. I I have a I had a long history in my twenties of fucking up and was able to, you know, overcome and get a second chance, get a third chance here. Uh, and now I got three gorgeous kids and a wife who only semi hates me, so I, <laughs> which means she only, she hates me like on the days that she hates me. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I do, I want the best for everybody out there. And so, and I, I don't know, I guess I do have a special place in my heart for, for fuck ups, for someone who fucks up, does something bad, but is a good person otherwise and tries to get it turned around. That's, I mean, who? I mean, that's not special. Lots of people feel that way. I just that's that's a thing. Right. So good for him. And fuck all you that that are hating on him about wearing an Alabama shirt. What's he supposed to wear? Oh no, I'm Jackson State shirt. <laughs> no man. Yeah. Well, Alabama's pretty. You, wearing Alabama. Shirt. Showing up. Listen. You show up to an Alabama football practice or or whatever, wearing a Notre Dame gear. You wouldn't last four minutes before they laugh you out of the fucking building. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, I've got nothing else. I remind you to get over to uh, Apple Podcasts, leave those ratings, leave those reviews. We will read all that shit on the next OFT podcast. Get on the site, onefootdown.com. Uh, we cover college football. Some sites do. We definitely. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, you know, we're we're covering spring as best we can, 
And I, I made a note of it in my first on the first day practice. So I'm not going to do what everyone else is doing. And, and because there's a lack of stuff and like try to get as many articles out as I can of this shit, it's all getting dumped in one post. Notre Dame dumps all this information on us. Um, and so I'm putting it all, I'm dumping it all in one post for you guys. So you're not going to have to, I mean, you're not going to have to come back and read three or four different articles about the same practice. It's all going to be in that one post. Um, I value your click and, you know, want you to, to read, comment and be involved with that. The, the whole site's going to be kind of juiced back up here uh, within the next week. we got some cool stuff planned. Um, and then also, always on this podcast, we're going to keep it rolling. Uh, obviously, two and a half hours is our fucking sweet spot. Um, Greg's talking some shit about four-hour pods. I, told, I said Jude might die. Uh, <laughs> well, if we started at 8.30, I might actually make it. But, you know, since we started at 10 Eastern, it's a little, a little bit tougher. We could go five hours. <laughs> easy and you know if we brought if we brought, add greg to it i was gonna say we added greg and the like the third hour i think we could definitely do it so oh i think you just add greg right off the bat i think the two of the four of well, us well uh, greg's got to get himself free I like it you know if, he's, if we start at 8 30 that's 5 30 his time so that's gonna be a little that's gonna be a little tough to handle so i think Our we t- should do like a charity like a charity drive like some week and do like five days straight four hours <laughs> oh my god. oh my god five days straight four hours we'll live stream it and for for some charity we'll find a charity and and i mean uh, it's for the kids if you if, if i was gonna say if it's for, if it's for the kids, kids then then we can probably kids, get Vince. we can get uh, tex involved so i'm tell i i might just kill you guys and be like you know what guys we're doing this it is uh it's gonna be a rainy week in june we're gonna fucking do four hours a day for five days straight (laughs) and then come back the next week and do our typical two and a half hour podcast (laughs) Uh, all right well that's it thanks for listening go irish